Hello, I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR three four six. What a huge show! It's finally WrestleMania, but I am not alone. Along with me, since the journey to WrestleMania began, is the one and only Jaxi Scarlett. How are you doing? Hello, I am doing well, thank you. Nice to be back on here. How are you, James? I'm always well, especially when you're on the show. And of course, I'm hyped for this week. We've built it up enough for the past yes. four months. Uh, I don't think we could have done any more. Has the journey been worthwhile to get to this point just before we start watching Mania? Um, well, I mean, that's debatable, but um, we will definitely kind of dive into into what has been a massive payoff throughout WrestleMania week and what hasn't. Yeah, I think you're right. And of course, uh, with WrestleMania week, start with NXT TakeOver, stand, uh, stand and Deliver. Night one was stand, obviously. Second night was deliver. Uh, we've covered it on the WNR. Did you catch up? What were your thoughts on TakeOver? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that there were some really great matches on there. I mean, night one was uh, tremendous. And, you know, you've got to give it to both Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez. They put on an absolute match um, of a main event. Um, yeah, um, I, I wasn't as shocked by half of the wins um, come night two. However, I also thoroughly enjoyed that. There was a lot of content that you could take away from that um and a lot of story building that was kind of really just kind of really built up and really well well thought out so yeah overall and like all in all i'd say nxt take over stand and deliver stood and delivered hey so that was said we had to take yeah so you did there uh We had the two nights to take over, but before we got to WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday, of course, we had the WrestleMania edition of SmackDown, the 9th of April. We see Daniel Bryan kicking off the show, excited about being so close to WrestleMania, expressed his desire to hear the roar of the crowd again. There's nothing like winning the World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania, he said. He said he's had a career of hearing no's, and that's made him say yes. He recalled the injury that sidelined him for three years, and the people that said he'll never come back. He said yes. They said he couldn't tap out Roman Reigns. He said yes. Adam Pearce initially said no to the title shot. He said, yes, this Sunday at WrestleMania, they're getting the best damn Daniel Bryan they've ever seen. And followed up, Bryan asked, can Daniel Bryan walk out the main event of WrestleMania as Universal Champion? Yes, yes, yes. What a primer this was to start SmackDown. I mean, again, we, we talk about Daniel Bryan's promo um, on Mike and he's just always been great. But this was one of those moments where you really could feel that build up towards um, what he was saying and how he was delivering it. So, as always, just opening SmackDown was um, was a really good way of um, especially putting Daniel Bryan opening first, because um, we've seen a lot of Roman and Edge always starting SmackDown. So it was quite a nice change. Yeah, and another quite interesting thing as well is, and especially anybody who's you know followed Daniel Bryan's career, the fact of you know him being a talker or having a bit of personality, I think, kind of gets forgotten about. And we see with the promo at the start exactly what he can do. And yes, Edge and Reigns might be you know level up. Said knocked it out of the park, didn't he? You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we move on to the fatal four-way match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as the Street Profits chanted Jess along with Daniel Bryan backstage. SmackDown Tag Team Champions Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Before we actually even <laughs> dive into that, I was just very disappointed to know that, you know, this was supposed to be a um, a title match. Um, yeah, it didn't even get a chance to make one of the main nights of WrestleMania. And I thought, you know, um, there's some non-title matches, um, some that that aren't wanted on the card. 
why could we not have the SmackDown titles be defended on WrestleMania? Yeah, well, what I, what I think they maybe, you know, because the Andre Giant back well, they maybe needed another match. And we, we've talked about how WWE treat their tag teams. You know, I thought yeah. it'd be interesting maybe have the, the women's gauntlet match on the kickoff on the second night. Because obviously you want McIntyre, you know, to have his, his, his entrance and everything like this. Uh, and yeah. then have the SmackDown tag team titles. But then again, what do you then do for Smack If it's meant to be a WrestleMania edition of SmackDown, even though it had two matches, it's kind of like you put... I mean, in an ideal world, they'd put Strowman versus Shane on the show, wouldn't they? <laughs> well, I mean, that that was that was the biggest question that I had. Like, why wasn't that on this show? Because of A, there's no title involved. B, no no one in the WWE universe <laughs> wanted that match. It's only probably Shane McMahon that wanted that match. Um, and uh, like you know, just overall, um, you can't really cause that that episode of SmackDown like a go uh, the the uh, WrestleMania edition when you had adverts throughout the whole match. Yeah, well, I mean, there was like, said, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was at least two or three adverts throughout the match, and you know that that's all good and well if that's throughout SmackDown. But if you're gonna say that this is a WrestleMania match, then there shouldn't be any adverts going through it. So, yes, yeah, yeah, so sorry yeah. to divert. I was just very kind of thrown back as to why the titles were like sort of not being given the same um, treatment as like, you know, the raw t- tag titles and the women's titles, uh, tag titles and et cetera, you know? Yeah, I think, that's, like I said, it's an excellent point to make. And it's a shame that SmackDown tag team titles are treated like this, uh, especially when you had the story and kind of Ray and Dominic. The father and son duo which actually could have made a bit more sense on the ground stage and all. But obviously, we, we got onto the match and uh, we see Dolph Ziggler Bobby were attacked from out of nowhere from Academy joined in, followed by Ray and Dominic, giving way to, like we said, the fatal four way for the gold. This duo failed early, standing Dominic heading into the commercial break. And then back from that, Montez Ford took Rude down with a big drop pick for a quick two count. Newly aggressive Otis and Chad Gable halted Foles momentum, working both with slams. The Northern Lights suplex Ziggler joined in, and he was taken down by Ford. The action broke down, following the hot tag lead to the Mysterios delivering a double 6-1-90 Rude. A fog splash from Dominic scored an ear fall that was broken up by the interfering Otis. The action continues to break down, leading to a top rope, uh, top rope fog splash from Ford to Gable. And alert Ziggler rocked Ford with a super kick, and Rude off a blind tag scored the pinfall for the successful title retention. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I kind of had a feeling, because if it was on the SmackDown go-home show and not really on the WrestleMania show, and as I said, wasn't really being treated like a WrestleMania match, otherwise it wouldn't have had adverts through it. I kind of felt like the, the tag titles were going to be retained. So that's why I actually guessed um, that as one of my predictions. Um and it just kind of goes to show that I was right. Um, it is a shame because, as you said, like they really showcased um, Dominic and and his father uh, Ray um, just being a really good tag team duo. Um, I also thought that there was like a real missed opportunity um, for like you know a major return um, to come back and just maybe have Jimmy and Jay Uso like sort of just join. Uh, the match as a surprise like there and then and then just kind of maybe take the titles or something like that you know just something to actually make it feel like it actually is a Wrestlemania match Um, so I can't say I'm disappointed because of I kind of figured this was going to happen but I just felt like this probably would have gotten a better pop 
the the night after went with the first load of crowd back as well um yeah. and so i just i feel a little bit sorry for the, for the tag teams involved because they they didn't get a chance to experience what what everyone else did at wrestlemania well no this is the thing and it was a fun match for what it was but not much surprise with the talent involved and yeah. the thing is you know when you've got WWE with multi-man matches, even though weirdly enough with tag team matches, kind of you know they do deliver. And I think, like I said, it would be a perfect place to have the uh, be on the WrestleMania card. But what are you going to score that out of five? So I'll probably give that a three. Okay, I'm going to give it a three and three quarters out of five. I must have been ready for WrestleMania then. And like I said, predictions we did it on the Friday night. Uh, WNR went Mysterios and Jaxi wasn't a guess. It was uh, an intelligent choice. A spoiler. In the, a spoiler. Yeah. Poor <laughs> him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dirty dogs got the win so one nil jacks it might poll wise the dogs got 32 percent mysterio's got 32 percent and the aa and street profits both on 19 percent so pretty split there uh when we look at it um we then get really a package from uh biggie hyping up that wrestlemania is in his city he's going back to his roots in much the same way as apollo cruz has to get his mind right we then get a video package for Randy Orton versus the fiend because obviously we can't get enough of that and then we get entries of our next match, which is Nia Jax versus WrestleMania worthy, eh? Um, we, um, we see Tamina matching Jax's jury. Reginald ran interference, allowing the irresistible force to down her opponent. Tamina fought back as Natalia pulled Basil off the apron and brawled her at ringside. She rocked Jax with a super kick and flattened her with a Simone drop. Basil broke up the pin, drawn a disqualification for a drink with her partner. Natalia checked on her partner. This was really throwaway, wasn't it? You know. I mean, do you know what? It's such a shame because I actually think that th- that could have been like you know one of the one of the better matches. Um, Tamina and Nia Jax are two of the bigger women within the company, and I, I just feel like sometimes they're not able to both like fully go all out because of their size. Um, and I just yeah felt like it was a bit of a wasted opportunity as always, and just kind of was there yeah it's a bit of a shame but then we see the right in the interview backstage when billy k rolls up they ask why she's here and carmella joins them to say she's with her the squad are laser focused on the tag team turmoil match coming up lana and naomi sharp as well with mandy rose and dana brooke all four teams start brawling and to me and sharp to clean everybody out Nineheart calls Brooke worthless and throws her into a road case well she's got a point and a political uh so that was kind of the smoz building up to and if my mind strikes me correctly, I don't. Was the match set up at this point, or it was booked on SmackDown? Yeah, it was. Down, wasn't it then? The, yeah, it was the thermal match. It was. Yeah. So uh, it was a bit, a bit weird, really. And we see a political tack ad segment uh, running Cesaro down, sponsored by Seth Rollins. I know we saw this at WrestleMania, but that advert was sheer class, wasn't it? You know. Oh, I really enjoyed it. I couldn't stop like just chuckling throughout it. Yeah, it really, really was funny. And then we see Edge making his entrance, still chair in hand. He sets up in the ring, which we got. Uh, we go to a break and back from commercial. Edge gets on the mic. He said that when he dreams things, he has to manifest them because that's how things work in his world. He didn't walk away from wrestling. It was ripped away from him. He didn't forge another career off the back of it. This is all he wanted to do. I didn't come back for some greatest hits tour. He came back to main event WrestleMania. I missed nine of them, so I won't apologise for that. He accused Brian of weaseling his way into the main event, ruining the clash of two areas between him and Reigns. Edge claimed to set the template for Reigns, calling him Samoan Edge, based on the number of similarities between them. He cried foul, no one recognising the incredible feats he'd 
He will be the Universal Champion after WrestleMania. He dreamt it and he will manifest it. What a promo that was. I mean, it kind of, um, Edge again is is just brilliant on mic. Um, and he's very good with uh, and articulate with his words. He really makes you believe that, you know, going into this match, he could quite possibly kill someone. <laughs> it's that look in his eyes, like we talk about, you know, we mentioned last time out on the road to WrestleMania about maybe looking old. And then as soon as that switched to the kind of the rated R superstar, and like you said, he looks like a kid. It's, it's the edge that we all yeah. know and kind of love, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really, and again, we thought, you know, Brian did a great job and edge again, hit it out of the park. So it's two for two at the moment in time. Exactly. Um, we then see Sasha Banks, uh, cut promo ahead of the SmackDown Women's Championship defense against Bianca Belair, laughing off the idea that the, uh, rubble winner will dethrone her. We then get really a package recorded early in the week saying somebody's only shown up to, unannounced at the boxing facility, Logan Paul and brother Jake were working out. Uh, and then we see Zayn appeal on a commentary team. He just had to like, he just had to drop his brother in there somewhere, didn't he? I knew he was going to do that because his brother's just as much as an idiot that as he is. Well, and, as, and especially if anybody's been, you know, like I said, the news recently as well. Uh, it's kind, of, you know, it's, it's it's not great kind of look on WWE either. Uh, and I was a little bit surprised, really. But um, we then mm-hmm. see um, Kevin Owens arrive and attack him. The superstars made their way to the ring for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So these huge stars in the Battle Royal, Akira Tazara, Angle Garza. Who did he piss off in catering? Do you know what I mean? Eric, Grammatalic, Vince Dorado, Kalisto, Tucker, Drew Gulak, Mace, T-Bar, Slapjack, Humberto Carrillo, Sergey Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Murphy, Jackson Riker, Elias, Shizuki fucking Nakamura, King Corbin, Joe so Mustafa Ali and Ricochet. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of so-called talent in that battle royal, but how many, you know, do you reckon are going to be kind of fighting for the W Championship out of that lot? It's a shame that kind of really none of them are at that level at the moment. And do you know what's an even bigger shame is that there's a lot of people in um, of of the talent that are were in there are are ones that at some point Vince took a fancy to and there was a point where they were getting a push and you also then just go oh yeah what happened to him oh yeah Vince didn't like him you know um and it is a disappointment because if I actually think that there's quite a few of them that were in that um in the battle royale that um I think have potential to be in in a title picture um and probably could have already been uh potentially in a a title run um, had they sort of jumped on on the hype of those wrestlers um, at the time, but you know what WWE are like? They they're not very good at cashing in. Well, it's it's kind of like fifty fifty booking, and, and it reminds me of it always makes me think of the Rusev day. You know how big that was at that moment in time, and to think. Yeah because of a man kind of the way he's changed his mind we've seen it with the hurt business like if the stone cold steve if austin had given his austin 316 said you know and was hot would he have been jobbed out in a two months afterwards when vince was like oh do you know what actually it's not going to work you know that's the kind of crazy thing yeah uh, but anyway, but into the match and Benjamin Alexander teamed up early to moderate success but their dominance came to an end when the rest of the competitors teamed up to dump them well, there you go, Hurt Business. Um, the former members of Retribution teed off on Elias and Riker, uh, eliminating them for Ali, eliminated Mace and T-Bar. Luke 
Mentally reunited before Metallica Dorado eliminated Kalisto. Dorado dumped Metallica out for good measure. Back for the break, seven superstars remained in the competition. Murphy, Garza, Corbin, Ricochet, Nakamura, Ali and Uso. Corbin eliminated Murphy and Nakamura dumped Garza to the floor with a Kinshasa. Ricochet eliminated Ali, but yet superkick from Uso sent him to the floor. Nakamura fought from underneath, eliminated Corbin. And after exchange of strikes, Uso reversed Nakamura's momentum and sent the artist to the floor for the win. What are your thoughts? I mean, I actually was really pleased with the outcome. I really enjoyed sort of the last few bits of, of the Battle Royale, um, you know, kind of having the last few people in there. Um, it was nice to see Murphy. Where has he been? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you could say that about a lot of the wrestlers that were in there. But, you know, I've got to admit, I was really hot on Murphy. I think I, I still do think that he's got so much potential and he is one of the guys that I was thinking of that potentially could have already been in sort of a title picture um at this point had you know they they kept running with him and the momentum that they had but um yeah i i really i really wouldn't have minded that outcome of being either shinsuke or um jay winning and i like it because of both me and you actually predicted those two and they were the final two <laughs> yeah and I, and I could tell you really enjoyed that um but this was... well i mean yeah it was a, there was a little slight satisfying sort of victory dance that went on <laughs> as soon as jay won uh but this is the thing and, and what's interesting about that is even you know with the poll and you look at the superstars involved in, in the poll that uh, I put up, we put up the WNR, uh, was uh, who would win the Battle Royal. And the, the people were Shinsuke Nakamura, Jey Uso and Baron Corbin, who were actually the final three. But it just shows oh, you I'm, kind of... It, I was I'm, really hoping it wasn't going to be Baron Corbin, so I was so yeah. glad it wasn't. But if there was going to be any heel that won, it was going to be him, wasn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, what are you going to score that out of five for the Battle Royal? Because I, I think it was quite a draw. I think Jay winning, uh, he deserves say first victory since November, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was kind of a, a good showcase for, for everyone that was involved at that point. So I'll give it a four. Four, I'm going to give that a three and a half. Uh, like I said, enjoyable stuff about Battle Royals, about a Royal, really, isn't it? You know, uh, prediction-wise... Yeah. So, I'm about to say, prediction-wise, you did go for Jay Uso, uh, the WNR with Nakamura. So, Jaxi won the night 2-0. to zero. Um, But I don't think WrestleMania is going to be like that, guys. Don't worry. Oh, um, no. <laughs> hey, have some faith. <laughs> I mean, just because I got, you know, could destroy the takeover. But, uh, like I said, poll-wise, Nakamura got 11%. Corbin got uh, 19%. Jay Uso with 42% of the vote there and in the true head of the table fashion Roman Reigns put Jay Uso in his place interrupts his celebration and stalking towards the squared circle for the show closing I mean, promo let him have that little bit of um, a moment right your moment is going to come Roman and yet you still had to rain on your cousin's parade <laughs> and I think that just shows how balanced Roman Reigns is whether he says it or not yeah. as a character you know um uh, and again, it's little things like that. And the trouble said WWE's winning every time he shows up. You know the phrase, you bought the shirt. Uh, he said Edge needs to stop whining about things being taken away from him because Reigns is the only one who took it from him and everyone else in WWE. He vows to defeat Brian and Edge, saying every single day of the week, when you train at a 12, the 10 comes easy. The Universal Champion looked into the camera and issued a warning to the rest of the 
SmackDown roster. You think what I did this year was special? Wait, you see what I do next. Again, you know, Edge and Brian, and then Reigns comes out, and it's just it's free for free on excellent promos. Definitely. I mean, again, you've got to kind of look at where Roman's come from, um, his first few days from being in the Shield, and how much he's grown. And and you just got to think to yourself, why didn't WWE just kind of leave him off of the off of script scripting before it? Roman is very good with uh like this this role that he's playing this tribal chief and to be honest all three of them made at, at the end of smackdown made me really think oh my god who is actually going to come out of this match the winner and that is something that as of late i rarely get a chance to ask myself with wwe so i was quite intrigued and excited going into wrestlemania for this match yeah, and I think that's an excellent point because I, I always feel like I can't wait now. And I think that's when you know a show has done its job. Yeah, the matches might not be top quality, but the 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 promo, the interesting, you you know, and you, it's true. Yeah, towards it. Uh, it's this whole weekend. It's like I, I I seriously anybody could win that match and it would make sense, you know. But um, we've got a long way to go before we get to the main event on night two because we've got to start night one first as well, April tenth at the Thunderdome into the thunderstorms uh and of course twitter was going crazy at this point in time um but but i mean you know because we were both on twitter uh were both nights as well and yeah uh, we were getting the, the details so, i mean was the level of excitement for the, the event happening uh like the same as the kind of the worry of the rain just washing out wrestlemania yeah so i mean Again, it was very unfortunate that the heavens opened just, what, could it have been like half an hour, 20 minutes just before WrestleMania was about to start? Um, So it was very wounding. But at the same time, all I could think in my head was, did you not get a weather forecast? Why did you not, why did you have the roof open if you knew it was going to rain at some point that evening? Well, this is the thing, and you know, when it comes to that type of planning, they should always have a contingency. But like I said, I I couldn't remember. Do you know what? You, you my, see... highlight, my highlight must have been Michael Cole in that little raincoat poncho. It was so funny. With Samoa Joe, the four, the one of the toughest men to, to ever wrestle, dressed like a granny. You know, like is in a poncho. <laughs> it's just like yeah, Samoa Joe. Uh, but this is the thing, and we were getting updates as well about you know the wind and getting the pictures and the videos about you know the seats rocking everything like this. But uh, we started off with a kickoff panel. Gabriel, Booker T, Jerry King Lawyer, Pete Rosenberg. It was great to hear the fans straight away on the kickoff panel. I've got to admit, yeah. no kickoff match. Uh, no problem, though. We had a Banks Belair promo video for the event, which was just fantastic. Um, and, and this is the kind of thing, because I was saying, JBL made a great point about saying it's not about race, it's not about sex. For me, it's professional. For him, it's professional wrestling history. Now, I, I, I noticed a lot of things, you know, people either disagreeing or agreeing. Personally, I mean, you know, we talk about the main event, Belair and Banks, and, and yes, it's historic in many ways, but... I, you know, it, for me, it's, this is as an important match as like a takeover Brooklyn with uh, Banks and Bailey. But that's how I'm looking at it. But am I wrong to? Should I be more informed? Or I mean, how are you looking at this main event? In, in, in what way were you coming from it? So, I mean, you know, for for me, I think it, or, or for for any any person of color 
I think we can see that it's it means something bigger to us. And I think that that's just kind of where the misunderstanding of how his his wording came across might have been misunderstood on Twitter. Now, I wasn't necessarily angry with what he said because of it's partly true. I mean, especially, you know, without it sounding wrong, because I am part white myself. Um, when you're looking at it from from an, a person that um, a, a white person, you're not going to is not going to have that same sort of significant impact that it would say have a young uh, a young girl of colour um, who has grown up watching wrestling all of her life and never to see two black women with in WrestleMania, let alone at the main eventing it. Do you see what I mean? So I think. Yeah. The, I think there is a difference because I don't think that even if we described to you how significant or important that type of match is when it comes to representation, it's also not wrong for 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 them to then have their own view on why they think it's going to be a really significant match. Do you see what I mean? So it's going to yeah. be a significant either way for for any person of color and anyone else watching that that is not a person of color um and i think it, yeah. it definitely would have have an impact regardless as to whether or not it's the same impact but th- th- this me. is uh, well this is why it's so difficult because it's like the thing um this is the first time i've ever spoken you know uh, about race specifically or you know certain point because uh, and, and again i don't want to be you know oh well you're not you're not talking about it, so you're you're part of the problem so to speak but for me and with this podcast and it's even like uh you know with, with you being on and in fact uh, you're a woman but i'm not it's not for me it's not important because it's your opinion and the back and forth so to speak and it's the same with monty and it's the same with the ultimate one as well is the fact is especially for the podcast as well and what we do is that we're mm. looking at the show for me it's as important for women's division um you know like talk about the main event of night one and you know with tears me getting personally upset just because of the kind of like i said podcast starting 2015 we had the divas division then it was banks and bailey match and then that's when it kind of started and to see it grow with the and i've always you know the women's division being how how good it has been and i've said for, for whoever listens how many years you know, it's stronger than the men's division with character-wise and, and what they can actually do. But I don't want to come across as a dick. Do you know what I'm saying? And completely no, no. disregard I also, I, kind of, you know, all the, the history of the historic, you know. I think I think that there's, um, you know, I, I don't actually think that um, a, a conversation uh, when discussing and reviewing wrestling events, I don't think that there always has to be the significance of discussing race and opportunity and things like that um but just because you can you can see how hard um any wrestler is working regardless as to their race so i think there yeah i think there's only certain times that really um there's a reason really to be discussing um race and 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 how it's affected within within wrestling and this is one of those moments where you know either way that match could have significance um, and it will mean a lot more to some than it will to others. But for a lot of persons of colour that watched that night, um, they probably were feeling a lot of what both Bianca and Sasha were feeling. I think about that. And, uh, you know, again, not going to stick with a 
of you know staleness or whatever if it's too long uh, but it's the case of like you know Bobby Lashley as well winning the W Championship and the kind of thing of you know oh you know I've been a fan of Bobby Lashley but kind of like you said the understanding of actually what it means and I think sometimes that it is important to look at as well so I'd like to thank you for you know, kind of sorting out because you know what I mean like yeah. you said a white male talking about women's wrestling or about anything to do with race is kind of like what what you know what position am I to say anything and that's why I kind of base it off podcast wise and say well this is what we've done for the past you know seven years so to speak compared yeah, to kind yeah. of anything else you know yeah but uh, anyway we see Raw Tag Talk Booker doesn't like the new day I was a bit you know shocked by Booker being so blatant but maybe he thinks Harlem Heat is number one um we see uh, I I get it I feel like I feel like whenever Booker T has got an issue with he he always points out at a pay-per-view event as to someone that he doesn't like and is always the complete opposite as to what we all think that he's like so it's just like what is Booker T's problem what's his problem with New Day now that's actually true because he is you know it does seem a bit weird um we see Bad Bunny Miz promo. We get more talk with Drew Bobby touched on as well. Braun Shomo promo. More talk. Drill chats about the woman. Bobby Drew promo to discuss who will win. Uh, and then we move on to the main show. Epic promo to start. We get the funny promo man. A nice cold open. Uh, what were your thoughts of the set? Um, the, the opening video and just the kind of the atmosphere at that point in time. I mean, I think um, it was quite an overwhelming one to either be watching from your TV screen or actually whether or not you were watching from the crowd. Because to be honest, I don't really remember much from the opening sort of video promo because I was just really excited to be seeing the crowd, to be hearing the crowd. I was wowed by the set, although as soon as I saw all the sales and they'd been ripped to shreds, I felt really bad for them because I could tell what they were trying to do with it. Um, But I I was really, it really was like a, a, a great overall way of, getting anyone and everyone excited for for op- the opening of the show yeah i, I remember staying it's fun up when it's one that's so highly anticipated because because of the the crowd actually being there yeah and this is the thing and it, i think it all came down i remember watching wrestlemania 15 my first wrestlemania staying up live and the excitement i had you know watching it and going what could happen and obviously as time goes on and wrestlemanias and there might be certain matches but at this point, I did feel like a child again with the level of excitement, with the crowd, with the matches, the possibilities. It just felt I, I can't yeah. if I could bottle that up and take a little <laughs> sip of it every time I watch wrestling, it would be incredible, you know. Yep, I agree with you. Um, so, you know, like I said, so excited uh, and I could, you know, not long now. So we got to start off in Vincent Man, the entire roster was on stage, the show opened. The chairman said they have missed the W Universe and he thanks everyone for coming to WrestleMania. And Baby Rexa sang America the Beautiful. And then the weather stepped in. Rain and lightning his <laughs> feet a bit. Um, this is the first time, and a lot of people are asking on Twitter as well, first time ever that any sort of rain delay has happened, especially at WrestleMania. We've had a problem at Buea Dog uh, with a thunderstorm where the whole show kind of had to get cancelled. But it, I mean, this is, was saying unreal. Do you think they were just 
fucking with us at this point in time when they're going you're gonna have to wait another 40 minutes after we got to this point i mean like i you you started to think to yourself really is it more a case of like you know is is the more like the powers that be up there are they just trying to f with us right now are they trying to go it's like you ain't getting this or something well, like that so and you just have you to think about it well, you get the AEW fans going, well, Tony Khan's done it. Like, Fuck off. Why don't you go watch oh my gosh, I saw, I saw so Elevation. Much and I, <laughs> I was just like, oh, sh- what? Shut up. Why is why is it always got to be with Tony Khan? Why has it got to be about it's, Tony Khan? <laughs> it's stupid. Well, we get a lot of five promos, though, and they were entertaining and clearly unscripted. You know, the New Day stands out, Seth Rollins as well. And, of course, McIntyre. It's kind of reminiscent of the classic pay-per-views full of used video packages to push feuds, did quick pre-match interviews. It was finally entertaining and helped make the rain delay more bearable. What are your thoughts, yeah, like I said, of the unscripted uh, kind of promos beforehand? I mean, I I actually really liked them. And I thought it, um, it gave the wrestlers an opportunity to really kind of just show what they can do and show what they've got to offer. And to be honest, as each promo was going on and on so more and more you know one's better than others um it, you could really feel the hype the excitement behind each wrestler you know sort of going into it and, and how nervous yet excited they were to be getting back on stage in front of that that raw crowd um so yeah it, it was a really good way to build it up so i think that worked that kind of worked in wwe's favor yeah uh quickly uh just as i remember because like i said there's so much that happened um, I'm kind of glad that it's going to be the day to think about it. But on the stage, Ray Ripley's reaction, uh, crying, basically, with, you know, the amount of emotion that she had. And also someone pointed out that the McMahon family, it went Stephanie, Vince, Reigns, and then Shane was kind of behind them. So I don't know if Ray up in the McMahon family, but uh, the way they were positioned, he was the head of the table, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think that that they had done that as well purposely because of the fact that he he's calling himself that now and they wanted to kind of like take that literal you know yeah yeah but like i said if they did it because but this is the problem with wwe and this has been a WWE fan you go did they do it because of that or was it just fucking random and they do you know what i mean like you've got to question it whether or not they're just like do you know what let's say we did we did it like that we planned it like that because we're that smart and you know for a fact they're not that smart yeah yeah. we booked it in the year in advance guys like we we knew this was going to happen you know like uh poll wise um who wins wwe or thunderstorm wwe wrestlemania got 53 percent of the vote i think that kind of swayed it because then, like you said, after over 30 minutes of delay, uh, Titus and Ill Hulk Hogan come out to kick things off as a host of the show. Uh, again, we mentioned uh, a little bit about race earlier. It, should Hulk Hogan be anywhere near a W pay-per-view in 2021? No. no. He was not needed. You could tell that no one wanted him there. The minute you could hear the booze every time he actually went to go and talk on the mic. You know, no one wanted him to speak. I mean, at one point, it even looked like t- in, inside Titus O'Neil's own mind, he was just like, oh, please shut up. And I, I'm really sorry, but the way that Hogan turned around and actually had the audacity to call Titus O'Neil brother oh. really hurt me. Like, 
that is the one time that you should just not do it, especially after you've been caught running your mouth um, using other words to describe, um, you know, our brothers and sisters. So instead, maybe you should actually stick to calling him by his name, you know? Um, I've, I do I, I do have a real issue with WWE continuing to still use Hogan. I don't want to touch too much onto it because of otherwise we'll make things about him and it's not yeah. about him. But I do exactly. think that uh, both nights Titus O'Neil looked amazing in his suits um, and he gave off such great energy. It was so nice to see him in a role like that. Yeah, without a doubt. And of course, we use the hashtag we uh, use Saturday night, uh, hashtag fuck up. Uh, anyway, Drew McIntyre yeah. made his way to the ring at <laughs> a 40 minute mark to battle Bobby Lashley. We get Cole, Saxon, and Joe on commentary, kind of dried out a little bit. So the W Championship on the line and the emotion in Drew's face as well as he came out and the crowd uh, erupted. This was a beautiful moment, isn't it? Because the man who is who is led I got to the charge. It, it, was, it was beautiful, like I said, you know, through the whole kind of, uh, you know, pandemic era, as it's known now, and then finally having that reaction. And I was ready for this. And we talk about a match, mm-hmm. you know, what we're most looking forward to the entire, you know, the, the, the day. For me, it was McIntyre last year. I've made no qualms uh, about my thoughts and Drew. I've met him. Uh, he's a lovely guy. He signed my Rangers T-shirt, but it's not about me. It's about him winning the W Championship here tonight. They locked up and the crowd popped immediately. They came to a stalemate and locked up again. The almighty Scambert McIntyre popped right back to his feet. The Scottish Warrior hit a belly-to-belly suplex. Lashley got back to his feet too. They traded a few insults for both men started throwing punches. The champ took control when they took the fight to the ringside area. Maxwell went for an armbar, but Lashley countered and unloaded him with four arm strikes. I will say when they went outside, you can see the uh, the puddles on ringside, which has got to be really dangerous as well. You know, like, talk know, about, and oh, we've got to have a match. terrifying for the wrestlers if you're there and you're like, oh, God, we've got a wrestle kind of near there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awful. And then McIntyre hit a northern, uh, nice northern light suplex. The Almighty hit a nasty spine buster for Stalking to get the pinfall. The Scottish Warrior hit a reverse Alabama slam, but the W champion kicked out at two. Neither Quebec could get the upper hand for long. Lashley counted the Claymore with a spine buster, but he didn't keep McIntyre down for long. He grabbed Lashley and hit three future shock DDTs for a close two count. MVP pulled him out of the ring to avoid the Claymore, so McIntyre took both men down with a dive over the top. I know the Undertaker's retired now. Uh, and I know it's not going to be the spectacle, but when I saw Drew, his man, his size flying over the top like that, that's the kind of vision that I got at that point. And again, I was yeah. really into this match. <laughs> like... um, again, the, I don't know anyone that couldn't have been watching that match and felt like, you know, the hyperness. I was even getting in, <laughs> into it. And, you know, imagine over at, you're watching WrestleMania starting at 1.30 in the morning here and you're just wondering how loud you're going to actually get when it by the time it gets to later on in the match. Do you know what? I didn't even think about my neighbours. Uh, I was just you know, I went in, <laughs> into it. I was, <laughs> I was ready. And it's got where I put him in a Kimura lock, but I had to break when he reached the bottom rope. MVP distracted McIntyre to prevent the Claymore. And now Lashley's put him in a hurt locker. A hurt lock. After a long struggle, I, I couldn't believe it. McIntyre passed out and the ref was forced to call for the bell. What were your thoughts? I have to give WWE credit there because I didn't think of this as an outcome and I kind of don't mind it. And I thought that I would end up getting a bit annoyed um, because it wasn't like a clean finish or something like that. However, 
I really enjoyed the match between the two. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre worked so well together. Um, I have no doubt that Drew is going to become champ again at some point. But I also do feel like this is this is Bobby Lashley's time now. But but this is the thing, and you know, talk about the match first of all. This was a great match. Both men brought it. We've seen them wrestling before in Impact, and these two big men can can definitely go. Uh, but I think I was shocked because I was ready for McIntyre to win to get that moment, you know, with the fans and everything like this. Uh, and then when Lashley won, I thought, right, but if they do it with Bobby, and of course we're going to get onto this with a fallout WrestleMania, if Bobby's going over now, which is at that point in time I was not happy about, then you making a dominant champion. Let's not have any, you know, if McIntyre's going to... Yeah. No, no, you know more, I mean? no more is looking around the corner with a briefcase. Well, you know, and it's not even that, but then, then have McIntyre go away. And if you're going to build up the feud and it, if it's going to build to a moment at SummerSlam or something like that, then then fantastic or, or help someone else out. But we mentioned this on the road to WrestleMania. MVP's distraction. Wouldn't it have been better in the storyline and for everyone else if it was Shelton Benjamin and Cedric, Cedric Alexander coming out to help Lashley retain the championship? And then you have, you know. This is exactly what I thought. And then just like literally just giving it to us where, you know, we get them reunited at the end as the Hurt Business as well. But no, I was well, and, and disappointed if, to see that happen. Well, for me, when he when McIntyre passed, I was going, no, no, you haven't passed. Look, wake up. Wake up. <laughs> like, it was, I couldn't. But, and everybody on Twitter's going, I'm mate, and I'm going, no, it's fucking ruined. <laughs> I, I just I just got caught up and was just, oh, my God. But like I said, what a great matchup. Uh, what a great mm-hmm. match in itself. So many moments. What are you going to score that out of five? I'll probably give that a four. It was a really good match. Yeah, I'm going to give that a four and a quarter. It, you know, like I said, I'm finally over it a little bit. I have finally managed <laughs> to go back and re-watch the match. I went back and watched the complete night one and didn't watch that match because I was like, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. Uh, <laughs> I've done it now. <laughs> and uh, what a great way to start WrestleMania. I, I've got to admit that, you know. Um, yeah. Prediction-wise, prediction of course, Jaxi, after kicking our ass and SmackDown, came back for <laughs> WrestleMania night one. Uh, we both went for McIntyre, so it's nil-nil to start. Uh, poll-wise, Drew got 69% uh we mentioned about you know McIntyre why was it the right choice for Lashley to win in your eyes because as much as I can sympathize with how long it's taken Drew to get to where he is I would argue that it's exactly the same if not longer for Bobby Lashley and for someone of his size someone with his talent to have been wasted for so many years on WWE without having won a, a, a main title once before this point is beyond ridiculous so I don't think it's very fair to give him the title on a random night of Raw and then give him his Wrestlemania moment where he's not even able he's not even you know sort of been a, a long-standing reigning champion that long I think that you can get quite a he's such a talented wrestler that you could get so many different matches out of different wrestlers going against him and he would have absolutely amazing matches and I think that's been underlooked for too long so I feel like it it was really justified with him winning because there's no way that with the momentum he's got he's ready to lose it no and also I think it's nice and fresh you know we talk about 
uh, old legends coming back for WrestleMania all the time. And we've got Bobby Lashley versus McIntyre. Yes, McIntyre uh, faced for W Championship last year, but still, still two guys relatively new to the main event. You know, like I said, giving a, a great way to start WrestleMania as well. Unfortunately, we had the women's tag gauntlet to follow. Um, and Lana, <laughs> we started this. I love how you said it like that. Unfortunately, it, that was a shambles. But yeah, that was awful. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. We get the new pair of Billy Kane, Carmella. And after Mella took control, Lana hit a leg sweep and brought Naomi in to take control. Thanks to illegal assist from Carmella, caping Naomi to get the first win. Now, I just want to stop for a second because uh, WR mentioned this year, two years ago about Naomi as well. I think it was WrestleMania, I think 33, where I think she won the, the SmackDown Women's Championship. And at that point, the star potential, what is it about Naomi that either WWE don't like or she's just not gone to that next level? Is it just a case of not getting the chance? Because the way she was treated in this match was just throwaway. Yeah. And I, I agree with you there. And I ha- and I have to say, I, I, I feel like that there could be a bigger reason as to why they don't want to use her. And, and I'm not 100% sure what that reason is. Um, but I, I'm not that Naomi's got so much talent, um, especially within the women's division, having been being one of the most athletic women and one of the most memorable women is very questionable with the way that they treat her. Um, and it's really hard to kind of see again, yet again, a, another woman of color that's just kind of being held back. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't know what's going on here, um, but I really hope that this isn't something that's going to continue because, you know, in, in my head, we've been having such great work come from Jay Uso that is, mm. I'm, I'm presuming is going to get much better when Jimmy Uso returns. Jimmy Uso being the husband of Naomi. If you're going to, you know, be pushing the Usos um, and everything like that, especially with the fact that they've do- they've made it very well known that they are a married couple within within their company too. They should be doing more with her and they're not. Um, and and it's, it's such a disappointment because, and I don't want this to sound bad uh, because if I actually like Lana, but pairing her and Naomi together when there's not a, the, that much chemistry, especially when Naomi has paired with two other women that she's had major ke- chemistry with, and that is, of course, Carmella and Oscar, it's very difficult for you to really believe that they could be a, a legit, a legitimate tag team as well. So, again, it goes back to this whole issue that WWE seem to have of not being able to do long time storytelling. But I, I will say something for Lana. Um, and it's the fact of like she tries 100 percent every time she goes she out there, true. every promo she goes. I mean, don't get me wrong, terrible, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's not her fault she's trying it's just yeah. sometimes just doesn't work and it's not any fault of her own which is sometimes you see a talent and they're not get you go give that a little bit extra she tried and you know fair like you said they are treated like the cuddle kind of uh wooden spoon so to speak but um anyway back to this fun matchup and the riot squad with two t's come in hot 
but ended up on the defence after K backdrop right on the ring. Ref caught Miller trying to help K get the pin again, allowing Wright and Morgan to recover and hit a double team finish for the pin. Miller gave Morgan a quick super kick before leaving. Um, so again, you talk about you know talented women there and Billy K kind of thrown out of the the reckoning. Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose were the fourth team match and uh <laughs> we, we all know what happened on the way to the break. Did, i didn't notice at first time i i must have been Did looking down and say honestly oh and then God. twitter exploded I, like, what have i missed i it was boring it was like you know and you know what the worst thing about it was that i think my sister's friend actually had just said at that point do you know what? I reckon someone's going to slip on that on um, on that ramp because of the. I don't believe that they've cleaned it properly and dried it properly. And then that instantly happened. And you know, if you if you go back and you look over Mandy's fall over and over again, not only does she recover very quickly and very you know well, at the same time she also there is no way that she could have predicted or prevented like a, a slip from that like that from coming. Um, so it's just really, it's really sad to to see it happen to anyone. But what do you expect when you have a pair of Barbies walking down the ring as if acting as if they're going to the beach? What were that, they wearing? Yes, I over there. They they look like a pair of Barbies. Dana's Dana had several male functions in the ring that i could see um yeah it was just that uh, again it, this whole match itself was very sloppily done um yeah, and it, i think that you know females need to female wrestlers need to start really thinking about whether or not they want so much um bling around their areas that's going to actually make it a lot more heavier and bring your your gear down you need to start thinking about that because that <laughs> that's something that's vince probably was fuming god at, damn uh, the thing is though at least it was manly rose and not kind of bobby lashley on his way to the ring you know what i mean because that kind oh, of thing yeah. probably wouldn't have recovered and isn't it no, brilliant we live in a uh, we live in a world now as well that dana brooke and manly rose aren't the um the kind of the normal they're the kind of the different now for everything else we've got uh, that's another thing as well you know honest, people the they were walking down the ring in those barbie outfits that's what i call them barbie going to the beach outfits i really felt like they should have been called like the plastics or something you know like from mean girls like on wednesdays we wear pink like that's the that vibe. <laughs> call themselves the deep the search you know what i mean or, or, or something like that yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but they did come to after nearly breaking the neck she did come to the ring uh she hit right with blockbuster in here full they went back and forth for a few minutes with quick tags and two counts brit hit a suplex on morgan and rose followed up with a sent on bomb morgan was able to roll in the announcer incorrectly stated the riot squad had been eliminated because he's a dickhead and then natalia and tamina were the last team to enter the match Morgan almost pinned Natty right away with roll up. The two second-generation superstars asserted their dominance early and often. Natalia and Tamina hit a heart attack closing on a riot. Tamina hit a super high splash to get the win. Uh, thoughts on this? It was garbage. I mean, I don't think we'd... Like I said, too quick. Uh, riot squad I, were probably the, the best thing in this matchup. Yeah, yeah, they were. And the best word to describe that whole match itself was just sloppy. It was quite sloppy the way it was put together. I felt it was very rushed. 
and I feel like um you know sort of WWE were just kind of maybe behind telling the women hurry up hurry up hurry up because we're already behind um due to the rain sort of thing and I felt like you could see the pressure sort of mounting on the women's faces as they were coming down um I also just think that you know if you're gonna do a match like that especially for Wrestlemania have all teams out at the same time because I don't think it's fair you know when some teams get a bit longer in the ring than others because they're obviously having to wait for their turn to come out um when I felt like we probably would have gotten a much better match if it was just like an actual sort of turmoil again yeah I completely agree yeah you know like just being in there I think that would have made a lot more sense you know like sort of maybe an eliminator one eliminating match yeah it's saying had to be done and there could have been a way to kind of liven this up uh I will say about Billy Kay as well. She was challenging Damien Mizdow by trying to mimic Carmella's mannerism during her entrance. It was funny, but also a reminder of how far Kay has fallen since the iconic <laughs> split. And we were desperate for a reunion here at the Iconics as well. And we just I was. Gonna... No, I was so disappointed. So disappointed. Uh, Again, another gonna... another thing that I felt like just WWE just decided not to kind of jump on the bandwagon of which is probably what you wanted because of the fact that they've got all this these crowd this fresh new crowd why would you not want to get the give them the the biggest hop the biggest hype and that was a you know a perfect and easy hype that you could have gotten from them yeah i think that's that um out of five for the match i'm gonna give that three out of five what you score in that yeah i mean i thought it was really sloppy so i'm gonna give it a two harsh harsh but yeah such is life uh, prediction wise both yeah it was it was sloppy uh both went for k and partner so neither of us were a point yet start wrestlemania so <laughs> good <laughs> uh poll wise lana got 41 percent uh natalia 29 percent so everybody thought lana and naomi would actually win Hmm. Well, that's probably because they probably deserved the, the shot the most out of out of all teams that were there, really. I I would agree. Like they've had, especially oh, with and the Riot Squad. Actually, I think Riot Squad as well, though. I mean, I I actually would have preferred the Riot Squad to have won, just because they're an, a legitimate team. Um, but yeah. I think Riot well, Squad were the kind of stars of that show. And I think the only kind of positive, they really but were. they deserve more than what they're we getting were... right now. We're moving on to our Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, a match we've all been looking forward to see. And as soon as the bell rang, Cesaro hit a huge uppercut, tried to grab Seth Rollins for the big swing. Messiah avoided it, but couldn't avoid the corkscrew springboard uppercut. The Swiss Cyborg hit a beautiful drop kick to Rollins on the top rope. Rollins countered the gut wrench suplex and hit a buckle bomb for a two count. He started to focus on Cesaro's arm to limit his uppercuts. He jumped up the top rope and hit Cesaro with a suplex and a falcon arrow for another near fall. Cesaro called him in a flurry of uppercuts for he turned Rollins inside out with a clothesline. I counted the swing twice for the Swiss Superman finally grabbed him. He got in nine revolutions for his arm gave out and he had to stop. Rollins then broke the sharpshoot by reaching the bottom rope. The former WWE champion hit a springboard knee and a sling blade started to build momentum. He hit a corkscrew splash for another two count. So I counted the ripcord knee with a neutralizer, but Rollins kicked out last possible second. I will say something about Rollins' corkscrew splash because we've seen him hit the Phoenix splash before. I do like the big events that he tries to bust out something a little bit different, you know? You've got you've got to give Seth credit on that one because um you do find on the bigger events he he is trying something new and I think that you've got to give someone credit like that because once you master your moves it's very easy 
and very predictable to stay and choose your safe set of moves. You know, we've seen that in the past where it, where it can get te- very tedious, very boring because you see the same pattern every all, all the time. Seth is one of those wrestlers that you have to give major credit to because he's always trying something new. And that that oh. uh, that's corkscrew was just amazing it was it looked so beautifully done it was well hit yeah really nice move and then he hit a pedigree for another near fall he talks from trash and yeah, himself I'm just shocked God. by that pedigree how oh, Cesaro <laughs> managed to kick out of that very very happy but yeah really shocked well do you think Tri- Booker T and Triple H backstage go see look someone can kick out of it at Wrestlemania um <laughs> <laughs> And then he declared himself a god, which, again, don't mind. Of course, JBL going into the Hall of Fame. And of course, uh, the stuff with Kenny Omega at the moment as well. He nails the Zyra with a forearm and a kick to the back of the head. Swiss Cyborg countered the stomp with an uppercut. He swung Rollins around on his shoulders with no hands for a moment before he called for the Cesaro swing one more time. Yeah, that was incredible. And then Rollins was swung 23 times. I can't believe I'm saying that. 23 times before Cesaro hit the neutralizer for the victory. The last portion of this match for me was perfect. What were your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I I loved this match. This was one of the best matches of the night and um, I was thoroughly entertained by it. Um, again, as we said before, Seth Rollins works really well with just anyone. He's he's very good in the ring at work and working with people and, and overselling, you know? Um, and yeah, the... the the moment that Cesaro put um, was swinging uh, Seth uh, with no arms was the moment that I that I knew that WWE have finally realised that they are sitting on treasure with Cesaro and now they're going to push him like they rightly uh, should. It was. I mean, like you said, you you see people, you know, like they're Canadian destroy off the top of a ladder or you like you know four fifty or, or so. But to do that, it was so impressive. Like. The strength, the rotation, the way, you know, they are. I, a move like that, it, for me, is, is, is as incredible as kind of anything, like a, a dive off the top of a cell, because it just shows yeah. you the kind of the coordination, the strength, and it's just so impressive. Like I said, the closing sequence where, you know, Rollins tries that kick again and Cesaro catches him into the stomp, neutralised the job done. It was just, it, everything was about making Cesaro, like he's talking about, a star in this match, wasn't it? It really was. And do you know what? It just it just goes to show that that if you do, do let him do what he, he can do in the ring, it pays off. Like if you actually go back to, you know, maybe this time last year or maybe just a little bit before, like um, this time last year, a bit further back. He was, you know, one of the well-known jobbers, let's say, of, of wrestling at, at that moment in time and was just sort of jobbing out to the smallest of people even to the likes of Baron Corbin. And it's like, you know, when you actually, then when you compare what he can actually do in the ring, like what he did with Seth that night, there's just no comparison. And you just think to yourself, I really hope that WWE are going to continue this push with Cesaro. He deserves more than just a WrestleMania moment. Yeah, he deserves a world title opportunity. And, you know, we'd be, everybody would be saying that. People would be saying it for a long time. And this just showed, you know, this is a great Mania match. This is one of these, that middle of the card, you know, like I said, not a title on the line, maybe like this. But it's just it, perfect because the guys are kind of giving everything that they've got. Um, what were you going to score that out of five? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give that a 4.5. Yeah, I'm going to give that four and a half as well. If, if the title was on the line, it would have been a five. It was near on perfect. I'll have Seth doing this yeah. all day yeah. long, you know. 
prediction wise, we both went Cesaro. Uh, so we both get our first point of the night. Yay! Three matches in. Poll wise, Cesaro got uh, oh, bloody hell, 68% of that. So uh, quite a bit there and then our next match the new day versus aj styles and omos for the raw tag team championships and Big E introduced kofi kingston and xavier woods for the match against aj styles and omos for the titles um that was a fantastic moment and almost as happy i was for that i was confused about omos coming out wearing his usual attire and i thought but i thought he's wrestling tonight honestly i was sat there for so long just saying the same thing over and over again because i really couldn't couldn't comprehend whether or not almost realized like he's in this match tonight or not or whether or not he genuinely thought he was just accompanying aj to the ring because i was like what is he wearing did aj remind me he's in this match tonight (laughs) he's like come on we're our team oh yeah that's it yeah um well before we, you even go into like discussing the match itself, can I actually just say how much you have to give the New Day credit for, you know, just sort of the the overselling of how they even got got this man over. And they, you know, in terms of the build up of us legitimately like seeing, you know, a feud form between them and and AJ Styles and Omos, they've they're so good at being able to put over whoever it is that they're they're losing to or like or at least you know running their mouth and their with their promos so um yeah it, it just kind of helped create and build up more excitement for this match to begin with yeah i don't think another team could have brought that kind of level of hope and expectation to a match like this apart from the new day but uh styles and kingston started for their teams the phenomenal one hit the first takedown with a head scissor but Kingston stayed on him as they exchanged counters. The former W champion dropped Styles in his face and smiled right at Omos as Woods played a trombone to Tottenham. As was vocally pointed out, the New Day effectively cut the ring in half to keep Styles isolated. He threatened to tag multiple times as Styles tried to reach Omos. I also like the New Day saying, you know, you're not a tag team wrestler. This is how you actually do it as well. And then yeah, when yeah, AJ... it was almost like they were giving him a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, and then because you know, they're 11 time tag team champions, there's got to be a point to it. They've got to know, you know, oh, two great singles beat a tag, but there's got to be a reason why a great tag team is being, you know, so successful. Uh, when we see um, AJ reaching the Colossus, Woods looked like he knew he was screwed. He tried to hit a few kicks that had no impact on Omos whatsoever. He stared down at both members of New Day before he started destroying them. Styles jumped from the shoulders of Omos to hit a phenomenal forearm. Omos hit Kingston with a huge slam and pinned him with one foot to win the titles. What were your thoughts? I mean, Kofi went and touched the sky, really, didn't he? <laughs> it was... um. I mean, you got a, a lot of people were kind of either saying that they didn't see much of Omos, so they really don't know what he can do in the ring. But like, we got to remember, guys, like this is a very, very big guy. So I've, I, I don't expect him to be uh, well trained in the ring to the point where he's supposed to be a veteran that can be fighting wrestlers that have been in the business for seven eight nine ten years you know but for for what we got and the way that they handled the match itself i was thoroughly entertained from beginning to end i absolutely love the teamwork between new day um keeping aj styles isolated um and away from from almost it built the hype of when aj finally got that hot tag um and then yeah like they had to show him as being like that unstoppable 
voice that that unbeatable colossal that just comes and destroys anything it touches you know and the new day did very well selling it all um i was i I really enjoyed the match and i'm not going to say i was really disappointed that the new day lost because i feel like with the title or without a title the new day rock Oh, yeah, and like I said, this time next year, they've already won the tag team titles three or four times because the thing is with, with New Day is that you know what you're going to get, and even Vincent Mann or the rest of WWE are going, oh, what do we do with the tag team titles? Well, the New Day always deliver, so they're always going to be in a position. If, and if I even think a little bit, just put the titles on, on New Day and, and it will pick up, back up again. Yeah, and I think even Woods and Kofi said, like, Vincent Mann said to them, they're going to the Hall of Fame whatever of so it doesn't course. really matter you know uh, but the fans are, uh, if you don't make hall of fame i would nah, be writing a personal letter to vince <laughs> a very strongly worded email uh i yeah. was got a pop and and the pin the fans are hills and aj is a grand slam champion not only in wwe but of course impacting as well uh out of five like what you're gonna though sorry has he run the royal rumble that's not. It's only uh, titles are part of a Grand Slam. That's uh, uh, that's why you know there's, there's some guy. You know, I think Big Show might be a, a Grand Slam as well. But this is why it's more impressive when you get your edge. I, I put Edge because obviously a couple of Rumble wins, Money in the Bank. He's kind of done everything, so to speak. Yeah, uh, but AJ yeah. again, you know, AJ himself has since he's arrived in 2016. You know, and finding position on the card here. Uh, he did well. It was a good match. I'm going to give it three and three quarters out of five. What are you scoring it? Yeah, I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, this was better than it should have been. Uh, predictions. We both went Omos, so it is two, two. Uh, poll wise, AJ got 73% of the vote. Up next, Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman, still caged, the match that no one wanted to see. <laughs> but uh, here we go. Shane McMahon was out first and he. Uh, held the door closed so Braun Strowman couldn't get in. This led to a last Jackson Riker attacking him with chairs at ringside. They threw one in the ring so that man could use it and the match began. He beat down the monster among men with several shots to the back and legs. Strowman stopped him from escaping through the door so he tried to climb the cage. Shalomat tried to keep his distance but once he was forced to engage, he used his quickness to avoid the powerhouse and hit a series of strikes. He somehow saw a piece of sheet metal from the top of the cage and hit Strowman if you do count. He hit the coast-to-coast drop kick, but Strowman kicked out at two. Elias and Riker tried to get him uh, climbing to the ring until Strowman hit the cage wall to send them crashing to the floor. And a man um, hit the monster among men with a toolbox before he climbed over the top of the cage. He was about to win when Strowman trapped one of his hands against the cage. He then ripped the cage wall down and pulled the man back in. They ended up standing on the top of the cage and Strowman threw Shane all the way down to the mat. He climbed down and hit a power slam for the win. What were your thoughts? I mean... I was like kind of washing up in between this match because I didn't really care for it. But I must admit, I was quite impressed when he ripped open the cage. I didn't expect that. Um, And overall, it was just another excuse for like or reason for Braun to be able to beat up Shane. I didn't feel really much significance come from it. Um, And the only thing I really thought was if he doesn't pin Shane in the ring for the win, and he leaves the ring instead. That makes him look even weaker because he's a big guy. He should be able to just beat Shane down and get the win. So I was happy that he actually, you know, pinned Shane for the win. Um, well, the, th- but yeah. the thing is, it, 
it it was what it was. You know, we weren't expecting, you know, Gotch and Hackenschmidt or whatever it was, but we knew yeah. we'd get a couple of bumps in 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 the ring. And like you said, Strowman, the, it, this reminded me of fucking. Do you remember when they they had him as a monster, like destroying shit and raw every week when he was exciting and fun? Yeah. And yeah, you know, and. It, and this thing is, I'm not going to get excited now and go, well, with this victory, Braun is going to be right back to the top. Because there's obviously something there that WWE haven't pulled the trigger on and made yeah, him top guy. Again, you know? you look at, when you look at where he was this time last year, like facing the likes of Goldberg for the title and winning, and now he's in a still cage match with Shane McMahon, it's like, God, how much has he fallen? Yeah, well, and it's, well, to be fair, he fell about 15 feet. No, uh, no, Shane did. <laughs> he did bump. Um, again, out of five, that's terrible. Out of five, what are you gonna, what are you gonna give the match? Uh, well, um, <laughs> I'm gonna give yeah, it a three I'm, and a half. I'm gonna give it a two. Oh no. no! I'm really sorry. I have no interest in Shane McMahon, and I don't think it did anything to boost Braun Strowman's career. So I had no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah, which is great. You had no interest in it. You were doing the washing up, and yet you still beat me at fucking predictions. How, how does that? <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> like it, it's 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 a spoiler. I told you I work with Paul Heyman. Me and Paul Heyman are tight. <laughs> My name is Paul Heyman. No, um, the, yeah, Jack C went brawn. The double went shame because we were really smart. We're going. Oh, I tell you what, he's going to do. He's going to throw him off the top of the cage, like through the announce table or something like that. No, Braun fucking killed him. So Jaxi takes a three-two lead. Um, at this point, I was like, "Yay!" I was over the McIntyre defeat and was just getting used to my defeat <laughs> at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Drew got something in common. Poll-wise, Braun got eighty-eight percent of the vote left. Uh, I think that was because a lot of people were really hoping that he would beat the hell out of Shane. Yeah, I think we usually we expect to squash at WrestleMania, don't we? And, and maybe people thought it was going to be that one. We see the 2020 Hall of Fame class out next. And then we see a trailer with Austin uh, about next year's WrestleMania. And if Stone Cold doesn't host the event, I'm not watching it. I don't care what anybody says. No, honestly, I think they need to because, you know, they were they were definitely sort of dropping hints that he would. So if they if they tease us like this and then he doesn't end up hosting, I'm going to boycott it. Uh, and then on to the co-main event of WrestleMania. Uh, I annoyed a few people with that comment on Saturday. It's The Miz <laughs> and John Morrison versus Damien Priest and Bad Bunny. And The Miz and John Morrison were accompanied to the ring by a group of figures dressed in bunny suits. Uh, they were so cheap that ears were falling off the mask left and right. Uh, what did you think of the entrance? And in my head, I thought, I wonder how many future WWE superstars are under these bunny outfits. Do you know what? I was thinking the same thing. I won- I'm, I was wondering who who all of those people were underneath those bunny suits, right? But I also, surprisingly enough, found it very fucking creepy with that many bunnies and had a real, like, Donnie Darko, like sort of throwback vibe I you know like, I literally yeah, like was Bill, just kind of like really wanted to hear like some tears for fears or something like that just start dropping some music instead of that ridiculous hey hey hop hop it was just uh, you know what can I say when when it was happening you think of oh, fuck's sake a bad bunny <laughs> <laughs> bad bunny arrived on top of a big rig 
after Damien Priest made his entrance. Why didn't he have any space for Damien Priest? I mean, that's not <laughs> like he came out himself. Well, I think that he wanted his own separate WrestleMania moment of arriving, you know. Um, but you got you got to admit, Bad Bunny arrived in style. Yeah, no, it was a great entrance, and the A-listers didn't want to fight Priest and demanded a single start for his team, and the Grammy Award winner came in and decked the Miz, catching him off guard a bit. The A-lister focused and took control. He put Bunny in the corner, raked his eyes against the top rope. Bunny countered a hip toss and hit an arm jack, sent Miz out the ring. He almost pinned the Miz with a roll-up before he regrouped with Morrison in the corner. He threw Bad Bunny against the ring ropes hard, but was met with a shoulder thrust from the apron. Morrison tagged in and hit a back elbow as Bunny tried to hit a corner splash. Bunny kept finding ways to surprise them, but he also took a lot of punishment. He hit the Miz with a DDT out of nowhere to give himself a chance to tag Priest. The archer infantry ran through the Miz and Morrison like a bulldozer. He and Bunny hit simultaneous falcon arrows for a two count. Bunny hit Morrison with a Canadian destroyer at ringside, where he helped Priest finish off the Miz with a double-team move before using a crossbody of his own for the win. Falks on this one. Big, big props to Bad Bunny. Now, this wasn't like just your normal celebrity match. This was... Bad Bunny representing and showing his passion and actually proving his point of what he's been saying all along as to how much he enjoys the content, how much he studies the show because he loves the wrestling. He loves the entertainment. He loves the whole business of it. You could tell he was really in his element. Bad Bunny started. How many celebrity matches do you know where the celebrity starts, you know? And he just thoroughly impressed me. Uh, it looked like there was a, a potential slip up that happened halfway through. But it also looked like um, he handled it very well. Um, and just overall, he had me sort of chanting um, at him to get that hot tag to Damian Priest. And when he did get that hot tag, Damian Priest looked great. Um, so, I mean, from from a celebrity match point of view, I was really impressed and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, first and foremost, Damien Priest will get forgotten about, I think. Uh, saw him in NXT, really great talent, great to have his WrestleMania moment. But, I mean, Bad Bunny, I mean, fucking hell, man. Like, you, you, you talk about, like I said, usually a celebrity will have a couple of spots in it, won't work the majority. Uh, you mentioned the kind of uh, performance centre. We did a yay and nay as well about what people thought, and my God, so many negative reactions. I can't think of one person that would, well, I can think of one, we'll get onto that in a bit, that was negative about what Bunny did. Because, yes, the spots were rehearsed, but when does a celebrity match work out so well? It's brilliant, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I I think that you've got to give it where credit's due. When you look at, when you go and compare his match to other celebrity matches, when do you see half of the celebrities do what he did in the ring? And so I was really impressed. And I, I, I'd like to, or I'm hoping that we might potentially see him come back again at some point and just see that oh. he's progressed even more, you know? <laughs> no, 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 that's it now. But, you know, like I said, he's impressed. Well, no, Leave no, not, quick, as reg- quick, not as a regular head. thing. I just mean as, as that sort of celebrity spot. Like, if we see him in a celebrity spot again, um, you know, because we know he's going, on tour. We, he's going on tour and everything like that. So we know he's not, like, you know, dead set, full-time interested. But I would be very, very happy if, you know, he was that uh, that celebrity that com- comes back for an occasional match. Yeah, or surprise entrant in next year's Rumble, I'll take that, maybe. But like you said, like, Bunny... <laughs> See how he does with 30 other men in the ring. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was impressed. I was more so impressed with Bunny's debut 
then Ronda Rousey's debut at WrestleMania in a tag team match, um, you know, three or four years previously, because Rousey was an athlete. Bunny is not like we talk about. He's a singer. And to do yeah. that was great. Um, what are you going to score that out of five? Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a four point five. Yeah, I'm going to give that four and a half as well. Uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, both went bunny, so it's four three. Jaxie uh, predictions with one match still to go. Polewise bunny, eighty percent of the vote. And then uh, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair making history, uh, becoming the first two black women to work the main event at WrestleMania. Both looked like they were on the verge of tears as the crowd began to cheer. And as we spoke about earlier, I can't really mention it. What were your thoughts and feelings? Uh, the introductions, the entrances, and everything towards this main event. First and foremost, both women looked absolutely incredible. Um, I loved their ring gear, their makeup, their outfits, um, their confidence coming to the ring. Um, they just looked absolutely incredible. You know, again, as I'll say, and I don't like to preach about it often, but as a person of colour, um, someone who's grown up as a young girl watching the likes of China and Lita and Trish um, and and seeing the likes of Jacqueline always just sort of always on the on uh, the sort of middle side, whereas not really getting those title shots like the others to see those two women in the main event. Yeah, I definitely felt like uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca in that moment, just, you know, a very teary moment. Not one where I was actually crying, but just teary because it, it was such a powerful moment. Um, And again, as I pointed out before, I don't think that it would be a powerful moment for everyone. But I think that that moment needed to be had for a lot of young boys and young girls out there. And um, yeah, it really just kind of you could feel the 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 intensity in the air um and it was just absolutely brilliant this match yeah i mean epic promo to the build-up you know you talk about a traditional wrestlemania main event with the raw rumble winner facing the champion in the main event they deserved this position love banks's entrance as well they collected themselves and then they locked up and they got to a shoving match before they started running the ropes trading counters. The boss hit the first strikes of the match to amp things up a bit. She sent the EST of WWE out of the ring and hung her up on the top rope. Blair caught Banks to counter cross body and then pressed her above her head and then walked up the stairs and threw her in the ring. Now, if Goldberg or Scott Steiner was doing this, you'd go, oh, wow, that's really impressive. This was fucking awesome. <laughs> absolutely amazing and i'm sat there just really trying to keep myself composed because again this was pushing 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning and i'm trying so hard not to wake you know any of the people that that live around me but i was thoroughly impressed again bianca just knocked it out of the park showing her strength i mean what what other person apart from possibly china could you say would be like what other woman could you actually say would be able to just carry a woman like that and up the stairs and dash her in the ring yeah there's 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 maybe nicole bass or something like that but you're going back like i said 20 years now i mean that was just it was such a cool spot you know uh and then we see banks trying to use uh, Belair's braid against her, but it backfired when he is to yank her into the ring post. She powered the boss up into a vertical suplex and bounced off the top rope a couple of times. She struggled to keep her up before bringing her down an impressive show of power. Again, brilliant. How difficult is it to kind of keep that balance and control? It's, it's little things like that, and it's just like Belair showing her power and just showing how good she is, you know? 
exactly she's got such a good awareness of her own body and her own strength um and she really just showed that off to us um and showed us what she could do in that ring and she really didn't hold back and it, it was just such it was such an exciting exciting moment to to kind of watch all of this build up especially because banks was constantly beating uh her her back down consistently and she just kept getting back up it was a real um impressive show of power without a doubt and then the challenge started building up ahead of steam and hit a shoot a standing shooting star press ship banks with a glam slam and climbed to the top rope banks counted a 450 by putting her knees up low the est hit two power balls while banks counted a third blair kicked out of a she began to focus on her arm. She shoved Belair into the still steps to soften her up for the bank statement. She used her braid to lock in a hold, but it wasn't enough to stop the EST from reaching the ropes. And the visual of Banks, and you're thinking Belair's not going to tap out, but Banks is using the kind of hair against her. Again, such a great visual. She kind of struggles to get to that bottom rope, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially because, you know, uh, when, when you are a huge fan of the likes of Sasha Bank- Banks and you watch... Um, her, the way she creative, she uses her the creativity behind how she gets some of her opponents into the bank statement. The use of their hair got was a real sort of scary moment to think. Right, she's she's got her now. She's got her trapped, you know. Yeah, without a doubt, Blair avoided the meteor in a corner, hit 450 splash. When Banks kicked out, Blair couldn't believe it. And then uh, there there was a hell of a moment where it was like the tug of war. Uh, with with the hair as well, yeah. and um, and Belair nailing the boss with a braid. I mean, like like a gunshot, you know, like yeah, like you can make that up, that type of sound up, and it just, I think everyone could hear it. I think it was almost like the, the, everything went silent at the most opportune moment, and it was just it, that sound. Uh, honestly. It, I wouldn't be surprised if Sasha doesn't have like you know a mark there still now. Well, well, I doubt we could, we saw the kind of the mark on her uh, as yeah. she took it, uh, and and this is what the great bit was because it's like a double tap because the first shot with a brain you're thinking oh Banks is down and then picking her up for the KOD for the pin and the win fantastic unlike Michael Cole I'll call it properly the winner of the match the winner of WrestleMania's main event and your new Smackdown women's champion is Bianca Belair um tears stream uh, of joy streamed down her face she held up the title in celebration what were your thoughts overall I was just very happy I think I would have been happy with either outcome because I do love both women a lot um I was really peed off with Michael Cole shouting that Sasha had like kicked out or something like that I don't know how he saw that I was like Michael where are you looking (laughs) Um, but it was such a feel-good moment and you know I I am a little bit of a nerd like that um when it comes to that sort of thing um but it's just, you know, seeing her instantly, you know, looking in the crowd for her parents, just seeing that level of excitement, you know, um, the Dad level jump in the barricade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, yeah. Like just being able to see your family react to like what you've just accomplished. It was so it was so lovely and amazing to kind of witness her win that that belt. And I'm so proud of her, her and how how far she's come 
Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt anything, but it's like uh, this match as well, the way it was set up. The fact is sometimes if you're going to lose, you know, in a matchup, then you kind of want to be shown off a little bit. This was all about Belair. Like, you talk about the spots in the match that we we talk, uh, you know, the three or four, is her shining. And, and obviously Banks is, is as much part of that as anything else. And I think this is what led to one of the most, for me, it's one of the best kind of main events and, and mania moments uh, that we've had. Because not, I always count, I always remember WrestleMania 17 being my favorite mania because the next day I rewatched it. Well, the next day after this, I rewatched that in the main event and I was still thinking to myself, it is incredible, you know, and I, I can't imagine, um, it, it, could it have been any better? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the... exactly. Could it have? I, I don't think it could have, to be honest, but both women, like, just really did not fail to let down that sort of main event aspect. You know, it really was main event worthy and it was such a great one. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, Banks is now the reverse Undertaker, Norton six uh, <laughs> at the WrestleMania event. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter, especially that performance. And they did the top 50 women uh, just recently. And Banks has just made the top three with that performance uh, and match itself. Uh, silly question. Out of five, what are you going to score it? Um, five. Five. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it. It's, that's a five. Um, and a- yeah, I, I don't I don't doubt that. I can say that that was my favourite match of the night. And then it comes the Drew and Bobby match straight after. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it had to be it had to be that one for me. What are you giving it? I give that a three and a half no I'm giving it a five of course the main event it's a five uh, <laughs> I, I loved it it was, was everything like I talk about and I've mentioned this three or four times now uh Banks and and Bailey at TakeOver I didn't I wouldn't I didn't think I was going to see a better match build story uh outcome everything ever again and I really do think I, I watched that at Wrestlemania 37 night one I I do think I've seen the greatest match on the WNR podcast kind of history. Unbelievable stuff. Um, and the, the great thing, you can talk it up and people go, watch you go, fucking hell, yeah, he's right. Uh, yeah, they were right about that, yeah. Uh, Prediction-wise, to end off, well, Jaxie went Sasha Banks, the WNR went Bianca Belair, which means the final scores, it's a draw for uh, all. I knew I should have gone with Bianca. What made you sway towards Banks? I, so I don't know. I felt like because they've done they've done that with Oscar, where Oscar won the Royal Rumble and then lost at WrestleMania. I was wondering whether or not they were just going to kind of play it safe and keep the belt on Sasha for the moment, but maybe have some sort of DQ. I, I, I was wondering whether or not Bailey might try and get herself involved because I knew she didn't have a WrestleMania moment or anything like that. So I didn't know whether or not like there would be some form of like DQ that might stop Bianca from get, getting the actual belt, but winning, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I'm, I'm overall, I'm very, very happy that she won. Yeah. Without a doubt. Poll wise, uh, Belair 67%. Uh, who was your MVP of the night, uh, who impressed you the most? Uh, 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 I think mine for me has got to be Bad Bunny. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's got to be Bad Bunny. Um, 
he really was the MVP of the night. He really surprised me thoroughly, and I really enjoyed his match. His match probably is his third for me in terms of my favourite match of that night. Well, like I said, the match of the night is obviously the main event. Um, like, but when we look back at it, and like I said, Cesaro and Rollins got four and a half from you as well. So that's, that's you know, to talk yeah. about. That's very true. So it that's was, what I'm talking about. There's four matches. matches on night one. Yeah, I mean, you you hated the women's gauntlet and Braun versus Shane, but like I said, everything else kind of ticks yeah. that box there. Um, really so did. rating out of ten for the first night. I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. You just had to go one better than me, didn't you? Look, not many WWE events, (laughs) let alone a WrestleMania, can rival a TakeOver. And yeah, we talked about TakeOver Night 1 being great, but maybe TakeOver Night 2 had a little something missing. And I will say, and before I get hung, drawn and quartered on Twitter, that Night 1 of WrestleMania for me was better than... NXT TakeOver, Standard Deliver, definitely night two. So I'm going to give it a nine. Yes, I was upset about Drew, you know, but the only bad, bad match was the women's tag. Even Braun versus Shane had its enjoyable moments, you know? That is very true. I'm being very harsh when it comes to that match. Uh, look, there's overall production issues that we had at WrestleMania. Remind me of watching an AEW pay-per-view. So anybody's got a complaint about that? <laughs> um, we asked... Uh, <laughs> What did everybody think of WrestleMania Night 1? Uh, okay, 7%. Good, 21%. Awesome, 29%. 42%. That's a WWE pay-per-view. That's not an AEW show either. Uh, and what a way, what a WrestleMania it was this year, you know? I mean, fantastic. What a way to end. We had that, and, you know, like, oh, what? There's an, oh, we've got to talk about Night 2. All right. I suppose <laughs> if we have to, uh, we can't. <laughs> uh, but I mean, if we could, then that would be brilliant. But unfortunately, not. Uh, so on to the next night. Um, and we had the kickoff. Caleb Braxton back with Booker King, JBL Rosenberg, running through the card. We get Fiend versus a promo. They discuss that. US title talk. Uh, Booker, Booker and King Mock riddle for having no boots. Which, again, I I I've never really liked that. But there was, you know, I think uh, Rosenberg was trying to say, oh, it's because he's kind of MMA fighter. I mean, I'm a bit here and there with that, really. Uh, we get last night highlights. We get an Oscar versus Ripley promo. Then more talk. Cruz v. Big E promo. DeVille talks about their match. Uh, she says he's going to beat him like a drum. And now we kind of know what the match is going to be like, do we? Probably not. They seem to be enjoying themselves, though, the kickoff panel. We get Sammy and Owens promo. Then some talk. Booker on something tonight, I tell you. I'm not sure. And then the main event promo. And the main show, night two of WrestleMania, kicked off with a culmination of the six month long feud between the fiend and randy orton alexa bliss made her way to the ring as orton watched from the ring she came in the giant jack-in-a-box and twist handle or as mark Cole, the commentators would say a box-like object which for me it's the same thing for me uh from there healed thick so then we see the fiend after all this time i'm going or maybe pieces will come with the fiend captured together to make him one no just as he's walking to the ring uh he just gets healed all of a sudden and then popped up he launched himself from the top of the bar throughout with a clothesline he had a urinagi full of fights filled to the floor Orton delivered a side suplex on the announce table, but the Fiend no sold it and tried for the mandible claw. 
Um, Orton survived the onslaught and delivered consecutive draping DDTs, only for the Fiend to get back up again. He then wiped out Orton with a clothesline and added a crossbody. Orton fed his opponent off again and delivered another DDT, clinging to the particular move like Brock Lesnar to a German suplex. Orton tried for the RKO, but the Fiend applied the mandible claw. Suddenly, fire exploded buckles and Alexa Bliss appeared on top of the Jack in a Box, black ooze pouring down her face. Orton capitalised on distraction, delivered the RKO and scored the win. Bliss covered in black, stared at the Fiend until the stadium darkened. When the lights came back up, both Bliss and the Fiend were gone. What the fuck was this? Still not sure. What were your thoughts? Um, exactly what you just said. What the fuck was this? Um, I, I get it, especially because I did, like like we will talk about a little bit later, um, catch the Alexa Bliss promo so I can kind of see where they're going with this storyline. But do you know, the only thing I could think of was, is this show fucking over? Is this feud over between them because that doesn't seem to me like that's over and that's my only worry is that it's not over between them i would hope so you know i think I it would really be bad hope so because yeah i i just don't want to deal with this anymore <laughs> well it's the it's the thing of like i was really looking forward to this because obviously fiend coming back it's an obvious thing the untaker has gone away for for, for years you know been attacked comes back different edge you know different style of character and always wins that big match when he comes back and they just it was again i think wwe changing something for having oh let's have Orton win oh they won't see that coming but what sense does it make and people go oh please no, turn on the fiend it makes none like the fiend was the what is the one that should be coming back and getting retribution considering he was so say burned alive and yet the Fiend has lost, what, three or four times to the same man now? It's like, it, how much more can we bury this this character? We're supposed to be, ter- be terrified of him. Why is anyone going to be scared of The Fiend when Randy Orton has beat him so many times? Seth Rollins has beat him so many times. It's, it's, it's almost turning into a bit of a joke. Like, everyone should just laugh at The Fiend every time he turns up and not actually take him seriously. Because guess what? Well, Seth Rollins and... and uh, Randy Orton could beat him, well then maybe I can. And the thing is as well, and people go, well, look, the similarities between him and the Kane cats. Well, look at how Kane was booked when he came in. Yes, he lost at WrestleMania to the Undertaker, but he was a monster that no one could touch. And like you talk about, Fiend has now become a kind of caricature of what it was at the start. Because, and again, it makes you start thinking, maybe because WWE didn't create the character, then they're going to book it how they see fit. And another thing that annoyed me was all these people on Twitter, which, again, I love people talking, but don't try and make sense of this when there is no sense to be made, you know? Yeah. Like, um, overall, what all, all that came across to me in that ch- in that opening match was that it was a disappointment of an opening match because of, like, the ending, just really, like, honestly, watching the crowd, everyone was just disappointed. So I'm sorry, but like I like I don't want to keep on bashing down on the fiend because I really do love this character and I love the idea of you know potentially Alexa Bliss sort of like going off and doing her own thing too. But at the same time, you've got if you're gonna do a WrestleMania worthy moment, then actually make it shock worthy. Like having Alexa Bliss sit on top of the box and then and then all of a sudden the fiend is just distracted by that. It just makes him look so weak and pathetic. 
and I'd it's love just, to see yeah. stop doing it to him. Well, they're, they're, they're fucking up. They're fucking up my favorite character, man. It's like that's what Isn't I feel it? like. It's like <laughs> it is. And, and, and Orton, out of all the fucking people, Randy Orton. Him. Really? Why is he? Beats back at half the title. He fucks up my WrestleMania prediction. Do you know what I mean? Like everything. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting way to start. Uh, so what are you gonna I score? Was boiling already in the first half an hour of the show. I accused the the result of the McIntyre night at the match in night one of going. Oh well, the, the crowd's flat after that now. <laughs> night two, like, do no, that. It was, it was because of that match. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to give this low a two and a half out of five just because. Actually, I don't know why. Fuck it. I'm going to give it a two. Go on. There you yeah, go. I'm going with two as well. Like, two, is, two, uh, two is being generous, to be honest. Uh, well, after last night's draw, we we challenge each other again for predictions. Uh, we both. So we both start off with a loss. There's a tradition now. It's like a WrestleMania tradition. <laughs> First prediction. Um, Paul Wise Fiend got 68% of the vote. Uh, we saw Bailey as well. Uh, backstage segments um, with, with Titus uh, and the NWO at, at night one and in night two. We'll get onto that shit show in a bit. But up next, the women's tag team title match. Nia Jackson, Shania Baszler versus Tamina and Italian. Of course, we saw Natty and Tamina just win the tag team turmoil match, as it seemed. Um, we get an early exchange between Italian and Baszler. Gave way to a showdown between Tamina and Jax. Up again, we were trading of headbutts. Tamina got the best of her opponent, then joined Italian for a big backdrop on the Irresistible Force. They had a front suplex to Baszler that drove the MMA fighter into her own tag team partner. Basil and Natalia uh, grappled in the ring in the form of season controller match from a wicked knee to the face that surely loosened a few teeth and working the left leg of her opponents. Jax flat to me and it rings her hearts to fend for herself. She continued to find herself on the defensive as Jax picked off where Basil left off. We mentioned last time round about Basil maybe being a, di- a difficult or dangerous opponent and Natty had uh, battle scars as well, I think, from that knee that she left there. Um, mm. which, which again is just snug is fine, but just be careful that you aren't taking out all the women's divisions fucking teeth. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be a kind exactly. of. I do worry that she's going to just kick someone else's teeth out exactly the way that she did Oscars. Well, if she does Charlotte, she'll be fired, you know. But um, yeah. Also, <laughs> you should say that Tamina had the uh, the first moment last night, uh, night one of uh, the first snooker to win at WrestleMania, but her father did kill it back in the day. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we see Tamina Tamina fight up, taking the fight to Baszler. She's getting the grasp of her opponent, counted her career through the clutch, delivered a smiling drop. Tamina Jacks fought full of ropes, where Natalia saved a partner from a super Samoan drop, only for the challenges full prey to a crossbody from Jacks. Uh, an uber-confident Jacks talked trash to Tamina until the second-generation star rocked her with a backfish. She delivered a body slam, and she scaled the ropes to a superfly splash, but Jax rolled out of the way. Natalia entered the match and applied the sharpshooter to Jax, only to forget that Bazin was a legal competitor. Bazin rented, applied the clutch, and scored the referee stoppage for the successful title defence. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, overall, I didn't actually think it was a bad match. I thought it was um, a great match for Tamina to show off what she can do. Um, and I think that there were some really good spots as well. Um, but I kind of knew that Tamina and, and 
Natalia probably couldn't beat the likes of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. And I kind of just wondered why this was actually given this much airtime, but the SmackDown titles weren't. That was my main sort of thing. I Again, I don't want to be accused of being sexist, but this match went fucking ages, didn't it? Like, it, it was felt, a really it, felt like it went on for quite a while, didn't it? Like, a, a lot longer than what the women got, like, the night before. And you just think, what? So, but that makes no sense. Like, when there's more women. Yeah, there's more women More to involved. grab in. Yeah. Oh, just, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't terrible, this match, you know? But it, no, wasn't, it wasn't kind like of... like I said, there was really good spots um, that was there. And I do think that Tamina uh, came across and looked really good. Um, but I also just didn't be- I I didn't believe in Tamina and Natalia as a team, and you know for me I just see both of them as strong alpha women. I don't see them as tag team. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's a stretch because at least when uh, Jackson Tamina were kind of you know together and whatever it is, it's kind of makes a bit more sense but again it wasn't yeah, terrible i'm going to give this a free imagine that having tamina and nia Jax as the actual tag title holders like it would be a lot better because they come across dominating when you see them both together yeah but that would make sense so that is the problem uh, <laughs> uh yeah three and a quarter out of five you're gonna score that one yeah i'll, I'll give it i'll give it a three uh, Prediction-wise, WNR went Natima, um, and uh, Jaxi went Buzz Jax, and the winner, of course, Jaxi with the points. So yeah. She is one nil up. Plenty of playful guys. Plenty of playful still. I, uh, I didn't know. I did. I I pointed out the reasoning as to why I kind of went went with Shayna and Naya and again, it, I'll just point it out again that it's just more the case of I do, I I see both. Natalia and Tamina as alpha females I see them if they're going to ever be a title holder it's going to be for the Raw or Smackdown women's title not for the tag team titles yeah I, I would have to agree there poll wise like uh, Natima got 55% of the poll uh, up next Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and their careers came cool to Metal Wrestling's grandest stage Zayn special guest <laughs> Logan Paul watching from ringside area uh, Owens Flat and Zayn were a pop-up powerbomb at the bell near the end of the match before it started. Chance of Logan sucks rain down from the stands as Owens rocked his former friend with a cannibal. <laughs> uh, Owens scaled the ropes, but Zayn rolled to section of the game. Trying to keep his sunglasses on his face. <laughs> He's just a dick. That, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, well, I mean, um, like it, it just it just comes across like that as well when you can just hear the whole crowd. And we're we're British. So we don't really know much about this guy anyway, but it comes across that way when there's um, Americans all shouting you suck at this American YouTuber. <laughs> you know, there's a problem. And Zayn yeah. caught Owens with a big boot to the face and followed with a suplex that drove KO head, neck and back first into the apron. The former IC champ took control about hammering Owens around the face with rights and left as Paul watched. Mitch driver by Zayn earned him a two count as uh, Mark Cole called it a blue thunderbomb and Corey Graves had to correct him uh, Owens fought back and drove Zane neck first across his own knee for a near fall Owens set him up for a package powerbomb but Zane countered the divot exploded into the corner he set up a helluva kick but Owens evaded and set up for the stunner Zane countered into a blue thunderbomb he added another exploder and a brain buster but couldn't keep Owens down 
Uh, Owens delivered a fisherman suplex on the top rope, which uh, Paul sold at ringside, saying recovered and rocked Owens with a halluva kick. He rushed in the corner, eating a super kick from Owens. The second force coming to a stunner as Owens scored the win. Um, thoughts on this match? Uh, what were your thoughts on this before we get to what happened after? I mean, I actually thought it was highly entertaining. I really do. I just think Sammy and Kevin Owens are brilliant wrestlers. Um, I've been a fan of theirs since NXT. Um, so I I knew this was going to probably be like one of the better matches on night two. Um, and I just got to admit that I was really just openly entertained. Like there was no major spot where Kevin Owens climbed all the way up and jumped off of something. But overall, it was a really great match. Both of them work so well with with each other, know each other so well that they, they can take those risky moves and it pays off when they do. Um, and yeah, they both trust one another. So like you can tell that they just give it their all in the ring. So overall, I was really entertained and I thought it was a great match. I thought it was a great match as well. It was impossible to have a bad match, I think, with the amount uh, that they got together. And then afterwards, Logan Paul got a Stone Cold Stunner for Kevin Owens, and the fans lost their shit. <laughs> I think this is what everyone wanted. I do get, remember going onto Twitter just before this match started, knowing that um, you know a lot of talk was going to be about Logan Paul coming out and the amount of people that I could just see asking Kevin o- Kevin Owens to just stunner him and this that and the other yeah. so I think we all knew it was coming but it just still made it so much more like beautiful when you saw him actually do it <laughs> if, if anybody deserved it it's him uh, score out of the match I'm going to give the match a 4 out of 5 I would say a 4 out of 5 as well in predictions we both went Owen so it's 2-1 Jaxie still poll wise KO got 84% of the vote uh, and then we move on to the United States Championship match Riddle bro versus Sheamus uh, Sheamus attacked United States champ Riddle from the opening bell initially focusing on the left arm Riddle mounted defence but Sheamus cornered him and rocked him with elbows before slamming him to the mat the challenger delivered the 10 beats of the Finn Balor, clubbing his chest and delivering the air out of the champion. With Seamus perched on the top right, Riddle ran up and delivered a super belly-to-belly overhead suplex. Riddle rocked Seamus consecutive corner suplex and exploder and a broton. Uh, but the Celtic Warrior kicked out. Seamus fought out of a bro Derek, rocked Riddle with a bro kick. Riddle kicked out too much to the dismay of the challenger. Moments later, Riddle stunned Seamus with a kick on the floor and then wiped him out with a dive. Back inside, he applied a submission, only for Seamus to power out and drive his opponent into the mat. Uh, Seamus looked for the Irish curse for the ropes, but Riddle escaped. He rushed the ropes again, only for Seamus to slip on a super white noise attempt. He delivered the mood and followed with a knee drop from the top rope. Riddle recovered and tried for a springboard moonsault, but in one of my favourite moments of the night, Seamus caught him mid-flight with a bro kick for the pinfall and the championship win. What were your thoughts? That was the best bro kick I've seen him do in my entire life. Like that was so entertaining. That ending, like that whole ending spot was just so sort of hyped up. You could hear the crowd getting a lot more excited. And then just with the when the way he delivered that bro kick, everyone was just flattened. It was a it was a great moment, to be honest. <laughs> what did you think about the match overall? Um yeah, I mean I was actually really pleased with the outcome. I'm I'm not the hugest fan of Matt Riddles. Um, I think that he could do with maybe, you know, getting some manners or something. Um, 
before he kind of goes on another title run <laughs> um so yeah I was actually pleased and I was also pleased because that also meant that you know one of my favorite tag teams at the bar actually got sing- both got singles match wins at Wrestlemania so I was very pleased do you know what I, I didn't even think of that yeah that's right about that um yeah so uh as for the match I mean like I said it, it was hard hitting for what it was but um I think for me I'm gonna score that I'll score it uh, a three and a half out of five. What are you going to give it? Yeah, I'd probably give it like um, 3.5. Seamus V. Riddle, 3.5 for a Jaxi. Um, and uh, prediction-wise, the double and I went Riddle, of course, because we hate him. So why wouldn't we not go for him? Uh, Jaxi went Seamus. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, you know how much moron. And yet, why the fuck would I do Why? Why? I didn't know. I didn't even know. But that that sounds like me. Like I I wanted kind of Bianca to win, but then put Sasha as the winner. Uh, yeah, but at least you're not getting beaten three one overall at this moment in time uh, at WrestleMania. Oh, fuck. And then Paul White Sheamus was fifty four percent of the poll. And up next, Nigerian jump fight for the IC title: Biggie versus Cruz. Wally played Biggie. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. To the ring for his Nigerian jump fight with Apollo Crews. Um, he received a grand display of pyros. became abundantly clear. The company's all in as a single star. Um, champ, we wondered what the match would be. When, when we saw the setup, did you think, oh, it's just going to be a street fight? <laughs> I mean, I kind of presumed it was just going to have a bunch of drums around it and then they were going to chuck each other through him. So it pretty much looked how I, I imagined it was going to look. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't have a fucking clue. So I was like, well, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they they engaged in a kendo stick duel straight away. Biggie getting the best of it as he teed off on his opponent. The champion continues his onslaught, exploding through the ropes with a spear that drove Cruz off the apron and to the arena floor. Uh, Cruz wrestled control of the match in his favour and T slamming on set of stairs on Big E, who laid motionless on another. Of course, that's a call back to how this kind of got started. The champion rolled out of the way, then met Cruz in the apron for Uranagi, that drove the challenger into the steps. Apollo sold the back injury for sucking Big E into living a barrage of kendo stick shots and the body of the champion. Cruz scaled the ropes and tried for a splash, but missed, crashing through the table. And at this point, I'm thinking, right, it's heating up now. We're getting to the kind of the meat and potatoes, so to speak, of the action. But all of a sudden, Big E delivered a big ending, and Dabai Kato, now apparently aligned with Cruz, who the commentators had seen on Raw Underground, but didn't have a fucking clue interfered laid biggie out uh, and polo cruz is your new intercontinental champion what were your thoughts i mean i wasn't too impressed with the having the interruption type win um purely because i, I think i'm getting a little bit fed up of the the little guy always having like a big guy do you know what i mean we're getting a lot of those old um, little guys partnering up with a big powerhouse type one. And I didn't really think that we needed one again, especially when a lot of this argument um, between Apollo and Big E has actually stemmed from pride and all of this. So to see Apollo win through the use of another man instead of him, which he was, you know, his whole promos have been, you know, like I am fighting you as a true Nigerian and I'm an, I'll get the job done. And it's kind of like, OK, well, you didn't really get the job done. You need your boy to get the job done. <laughs> so 
I, I can't I, say I was overly impressed with the outcome. No, but I was going to go back to your point, and and I think it's again a really good one because the fact is, oh, big guy with little guy. Oh, it's going to be like Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Okay, how many big guys with little guys have actually paid off, and we've had a moment to remember from it? What Batista managing Devon Dudley, you know, like Omos with AJ. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, yeah. Tyson Tomko with Christian. Oh, Tyson Tomko yeah. was going to, you know, Luther Reigns, all these guys who are kind of, yeah, oh, this is, uh, yeah. it's just, and, and you know. What does that actually do for them? It yeah. doesn't actually do anything. So, I mean, I wasn't impressed. And because, again, as you said, Dabo Kato didn't really do anything much when it came to Raw Underground in the first place either. Um, it just didn't have a big impact on me when he, like, was like, oh, my God, who was this? Like. I was more like, who the fuck is this? And why is he getting yeah. involved? <laughs> you know? And, and, and the thing is, with him not beating Biggie clean, you know what I'm saying, with yeah. maybe a little bit of interference, but Cruz getting a definitive victory and saying, no, I've earned this championship. I told you what I was yeah. about. It just lacks yeah. that kind of credi- credibility a little bit. And I know people are going to go, well, what about Roman Reigns with Jey Uso? And no. But, because but Roman, I admit that Roman Reigns won the title by himself. Like he yeah, didn't yeah. actually, he like since he's been had the title, yes, he's had Jay Uso's help retaining it. But right at the very beginning, when he first came back, he never had any help in the ring winning it yeah. against it because it was a yeah. triple threat, wasn't it? Yeah, but when he actually won the actual title, do you know what I mean? So again, it goes down to that sort of level of. Well, Apollo was sprout and all this. I'm a tr- I'm I'm going back to my roots. I'm gonna fight you as a true Nigerian. That we've got a lot of pride. Well, your pride allowed you to let another man like help you win the title. So, how much pride you like, got as a Nigerian? You know. That's what I'm saying. It's okay for Miz, but when they're trying to do it this way, don't all all hills you know aren't the same, so to speak. Uh, what What are you gonna give out five? I gave out three and a quarter. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. Just It was a good match, um, but again, I just feel like that ending was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, so prediction-wise, we both went cruise, so it is 4-2 to you, but still two matches, so I can still draw this. Uh, poll-wise, cruise, <laughs> cruise with 51% of the poll, so very, very tight. And then we move on to our uh, co-main event of the evening, and of course, it is Oscar defending the Women's Championship versus Rhea Ripley. We see Ash Costello of New Year's Day playing Rhea Ripley to the square circle for a match against Oscar. Um, I obviously, you know, with Big E's entrance as well, it's great to see not only the fans, but like a proper uh, WrestleMania type entrance as well, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you th- th- it always just kind of feels that much more special when you've actually got sort of um, the artist of, of your entrance um, coming out to do your theme. Um, I can't admit, I wasn't the hugest fan of it live. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Rhea Ripley's entrance. I wasn't, a, I wasn't the best fan of it live. Well, I, I I didn't I didn't mind it, but then again, like talk about us uh, British fans are staying up until fucking what three or four o'clock in the morning, so it probably sounds good anyway, you know. <laughs> like, it's delirious yeah. sleep. But I, I quite yeah. like the fact that you know WrestleMania, you got these these types of entrances, and onto the matchup we get a fast-paced start, 
straight away. Oscar frustrated the challenge of sending her to the arena floor to regroup. Back inside, Ripley shook off a kick to the shoulder and delivered a kick to the chest of the champion, dropping her and applying a body scissors. She beat down Oscar and trash talked, even adding a smack or two to the head. The nightmare tried for the ripcord kick, but Oscar caught a leg and applied a German uh, applied a submission. Ripley fought out and delivered a German suplex for a close two count. Ripley sat for a side suplex for the ropes, but Oscar fought out and delivered a perfectly placed missile drop kick that allowed her to buy some time and recover. Oscar rocked Ripley with a kick, then added the hip attack for a two count. She scaled the ropes, but Ripley, with a burst of energy, caught her with a running drop kick that knocked the champ to the floor. Ripley hoisted Oscar on her shoulders and brought her down face first to the ring apron. And then Oscar delivered the DDT to Ripley off the apron and onto the floor. And I don't know if it's a crowd. I don't know if it's a time. I don't know if the match. That was an incredible move. And I think it got kind of chucked under the radar a little bit, you know? Yeah, um, I, de- I definitely thought that there would have been a bigger pop from the from the crowd that was around that area and would have witnessed it. And it wasn't. I didn't know if they were actually getting tired or what. Well, this is the thing I, I really didn't understand, you know, and, and we, we see that great bump when you're thinking, oh, OK, this is going to get done. Uh, she had a running knee to the face. Oscar added the Kawhi kicks until Ripley caught her, dropped her and stomped away. The competitors traded submission holes with Oscar favouring the armbar. Ripley counted into a pinfall. Oscar to the Oscar block. Then Oscar tried for a kick, but Ripley caught her and dropped her with a riptide and scored to win. Ladies and gentlemen, your new Raw Women's Champion, it is Rhea Ripley. Uh, what were your thoughts on this poor Oscar, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, firstly, like, I, I was just quite upset because, again, Oscar has sort of joined Sasha on this sort of streak of con- consistently losing at WrestleMania, which is not something that, you know, her number one fan, being me, um, wants to see. Um, but at the same time, I kind of knew that this change was going to happen because of the way that things have been playing out in previous weeks. Now, overall, I thought the match was actually really good. And I am still a huge fan of Rhea, even though Oscar's my number one uh, wrestler. Um, but I, I, is it just me that felt that for some reason that riptide that she delivered for her final sorry, the final pin count, it felt uh, quite, uh, it didn't feel as impactful as other riptides have before um I, I think it's a case of that and it's a case of it's oscar and the thing is if because the history and what oscar's all about to just one finish and even beat her might do you know what i mean should, i don't think it should happen i think it should be you know two in a row whatever it is three in a row to get the job done to beat someone like that you know definitely agree and i think as you said like she had been undefeated up until like you know like at that point um it would have been more significant if Rhea had like already had some form of impact within the main roster division but the fact that she'd only come up like the week before anyway didn't really give it that much of a build-up so like when she did finally win the title I think that I don't think that there was the, uh, uh, the reaction that WWE probably wanted from the crowd because of a lot of people think that Oscar probably is better than Rhea Ripley because she has, has been undefeated for this long. Yeah, I think the reaction, like, if you compare the McIntyre-Lashley match when Lashley won, people were kind of like, oh, shit, like, oh, fucking hell, but not kind of yeah, surprised, but I think they were kind of, you well, know... Like, what I'm wondering about now is whether or not Oscar is just going to be forgotten about. And this is the problem. And then, you know, with Ripley as well, I, I do think, I always thought that, I thought the McIntyre-Lashley like a Lesnar... 
But I do think maybe this women's title match you need like a Charlotte because the crowd wouldn't want her to win. So the reaction for either for the for Ripley winning would have been louder because obviously you don't want to see Oscar losing because everybody loves Oscar. Well, anybody that doesn't just needs to watch her work, you know, and then yeah. you know, like um, and I feel like it could have been a bigger moment, but with three weeks build, like what can you do? And I just think yeah. they were put in a kind of unfair position, you know. Agreed. Uh, but Ray Ripley is only twenty four, eh? Yeah, that that's quite an accomplishment for a twenty four year old. I mean she's come from you know nxt uk as well then went to the us nxt now is on the main roster and hasn't been even on the main roster for two weeks before she won her first title yeah that is an excellent point the only woman to be nxt uk nxt champion and of course now raw women's champion as well uh i'm still going to give that three or three quarters out of five because i like both uh women in this one i like the match but i just think there was something missing i don't know what it was Three. i agree i actually am going to give it a three there's no bias whatsoever there but i actually just think that there were not only were there other matches that i thought were better than that uh that match on that night too but i mean when it came to women's matches i feel like both Rhea and oscar can deliver much better matches yeah. and i don't know why but it didn't work for me as much no i would agree with you there uh, part, uh prediction wise uh, like I said, we both went Raya, uh, so it's five three, which means you win. I cannot catch you Yay. right now. Yay! This, yeah, but this <laughs> is my first win because we've been just like drawing all the time. I always let people win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going with, is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stick with it. Um, like I said, Polwise Ripley, uh, 55%, and then we move on to the main event. Now, at this point in time. Who were you favouring? Because all on Twitter, everywhere, no one had a clue. At this point, before the match even started, did you think this is going to win? Or were you still like, I haven't got a clue? Uh, I mean, at this point, I really was still like, I haven't got a clue. And I also was like, I don't know who I want to win. Because like you just like we said previously and a, a bit earlier in, in this podcast, um, that all three of their SmackDown promos were just absolute bangers. Um, you really wanted to believe in all of them, all three of them. Um, so it was a very hard decision going into the match on who I really wanted to win. And I must admit, I think it was like really hard to actually determine who I actually pinpointed a want to win. But I, but I stuck with my gut decision on on who I felt was going to win um, purely because uh, the stakes were too great. The, st- the stakes are too high. So how do you how do you actually choose who to pass on to when there's three great men in the ring? And this is the thing. And three men who were never supposed to compete in the main event of WrestleMania again took yep. to the square circle in Sunday's main event. Universal champion Roman Reigns against Edge versus Daniel Bryan. And Reigns rocked Bryan from the opening bell for fighting to the floor with Edge. The tribal chief cleared the announce table. But before he and cousin Joseph could utilise it, Brian launched himself through the ropes and wiped him out. A furious Edge attacked Uso, delivering an execution on the steel steps. And with medical personnel escorting Uso at the arena. Did you think that's Uso done? That's him written off? Or Because at that point, I didn't even think yeah. about it. I was so into the match. I, mean, I was just like, 
I mean, it was so much excitement, and you know, the fact that both Edge and Jay had the uh, both Edge and Daniel Bryan had the same sort of idea, which is get Jay out of the picture really, really early on, um, and and take that advantage away from Roman. It was really cleverly done, and it, it, it looked crazy. So I really hope that Jay was okay from that move. But I also got a little bit excited because I thought to myself, are they going to use this as the storyline? as an excuse saying, you know, Jay's been taken out. Then all of a sudden someone's going to come in at the end and we think it's Jay, but it's going to be Jimmy. And this is Jimmy's return. Uh, this was all what I was thinking in my head. And I was like, how exciting is this? How exciting is this? We're going to finally get Jimmy Uso <laughs> yeah. return. Yeah. I spoke too um, soon. No, 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 no. But like I said, we should mention the way you made an excellent point earlier about the bar getting, picking up two single victory over WrestleMania. Edge yeah. and Randy Orton matching white outfits. And yeah. I I mean, what were the odds of that though what were the odds yeah. of that I did, I did actually feel like there was a whole white theme going on because if you look at both Apollo Crews and Big E they both were dressed in white as well now, you know what I didn't have to think about that I might have to look at the other outfits I just noticed I mean I just yeah. it was like oh look right okay I'm fucking itch. like um like even I mean Cruz did that and it it was like I think it was like Apollo Cruz was like white and green but then Big E was like white and orange and it just worked really well and I don't even know if they planned it like that but it, it just looked so good I tell you something we haven't mentioned as well we talk about the entrances of course Reigns probably get the most popular uh, cheers had in you know five six years of course Brian yeah. but the pop for Edge was phenomenal you know it was you could just tell that there were so many people itching to see him and you know you could even see just it, it was the same level of excitement that we saw in Edge's face that we saw when he came to um out in the Royal Rumble it was just that level of excitement that you know that that feeling that he got again of just you know hearing the the crowd hyped yeah. for him you know uh, it, was, it, was, it was beautiful really really beautiful you know and um we see Reigns watching as Bryans and Edge battled inside the ring. Brian tried for a head scissors off the top rope, but Edge countered into a sunset flip. He had an edge matic that inspired Reigns to get back involved in the match. Brian pulled Reigns off the apron and delivered a top rope drop kick. The heels deposited Brian on the floor and turned their attention to each other. Reigns rocked him with a clothesline, only for the challenge to catch him and plant him with an execution. Reigns recovered and tried for a spear at the same time as his opponent. They called double down spot. I fucking love that moment. I love it. Sorry, I get excited, but the, the yeah, double cross body. <laughs> I just remember it. I'm like, God damn. It was, it was a really good I love the double cross body. It's one of my favorite moves, you know, double cross body spot. So the double spin, mm. okay. Of course they would. Of course they would. Um, <laughs> Brian, Brian sawed in from out of nowhere, delivering a diamond headbutt to each competitor. He caught Edge with a running knee and down range with a kick for near fall. Brian applied the yes lock as rain tears tapping, but Advocate Paul had his face pained with horror. Edge broke up the submission. Brian repaid the Royal Rumble winner, applying the hold to him, and Reigns broke it up. Uh, the head of the table hammered away at Brian, pummeling with barrage of rights and lefts. He had a powerbomb driving Brian into Edge. Outside the ring, Reigns delivered a powerbomb off a set of ring steps and threw an announce table. But then Edge immediately added the spear as fans chatted, uh, this is awesome. It was non-stop yeah. at this point, and then it was just like bang, 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 bang. <laughs> announce table spot, and then all of a sudden spear, you're going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. And there's all these, like, near falls and things, and you're just, again, it just brings you about to, God, I really don't know who's going to come out the winner of this. 
yeah, it's I'm saying even into this like half, you know, quarter into the match, halfway you go, it's I still it could go anywhere. Uh, Edge grabbed the chair at ringside, entered the ring. They played tug of war with a chair, and a piece of it broke off. At that point, I thought, oh, was it meant to? Was it not? I'm not sure. But then yeah. you see Edge applying the crossface using the piece of metal, um, which again, great visuals, great by uh, by Reigns. Really involved. It's Especially really, it really like you know you know you know everyone sort of like refers to Roman Reigns like a dog and all this and one edge is like actually putting that piece of metal in his mouth and then using it like it's almost like you know they use that when um when they need to stop dogs from um biting people he's and stuff mus- you know muzzling so, him. yeah exactly yeah yeah he's muzzling him really um which was quite a I don't know if they were if if that was meant to actually be part of it or not or whether or not that just coincidentally looked like it but it was metaphorically well really well done it was unbelievable you know uh brian broke up the hole by applying his own for a submission uh stereo submission spot uh brian teased the running knee but edge caught with a spear he added a second to reigns only for brian to pull the referee out of the ring and break up the pin attempt i'm not gonna lie at that point i did think it was over and then i thought who's done that and brian i'm going Oh, oh, okay. I should be cool with that, but you pissed me off yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I know, I know. I was the same. I really was shouting at the screen, like, who the fuck just did that? And then remember, it's done. Your brain is like, oh, wait, I shouldn't be mad at that, but for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah it won't. Um, and yeah. then the right edge <laughs> retrieved the trio steel chairs, placing two on the apron and blasting Brian with the other. Edge obliterated both men with a chair. Shades of Steve Ross at WrestleMania 17. He positioned both chairs and delivered a concerto to Brian. And Brian was kind of like flipping, you know what I mean? As he's kind of reacting like yeah. he's just been involved in a car I mean, to be and... honest, I didn't think he was going to, I didn't think Edge was going to go that far. <laughs> he he fucking, yeah, he lost it. Uh, we see Uso reappear and attack at Edge. The challenger speared him and pummeled him with multiple chair shots as well. Reigns recovered and, and blasted. At this point, I'm, there's me thinking, like, I'm right, I'm right. This is Jimmy. This is Jimmy. It's not. It's Jay. <laughs> I really well, Reigns... Some... I was clever in thinking about this, and no, uh, my strategy was all wrong. Well, we see Reigns recovering and blasting Edge with a spear and then delivered a concerto of his own to Edge. And I tell you something, Edge must have trusted Roman with that fucking chair shot. After, yeah. After yeah, yeah, I was really thinking to myself, like, honestly, I if I was Roman, the first thing I'm doing is running back out and actually checking the edges okay and that I didn't just actually ruin his fucking career again. Um, then dragged Edge onto Brian, and in the most visual, one of the most visual moments of WrestleMania or wrestling recently for me as well, pinned both men to retain the title. The head yeah. of the table celebrated with Bootstone and Heyman to close out the show as the pyro exploded in Tampa Bay, Sky, uh, Tampa Sky. And like you said, the head of the table had reigned supreme. What were your thoughts on that? I mean, the match was definitely not a letdown at all. It was just excitement after excitement, spot after spot. You really didn't know what was going to happen. It, it's probably got to be one of them. Um, it's got to be a WrestleMania moment, a worthy moment. Um and like the whole match itself was just brilliant. Um, you've got to give credit to to all of the men that were involved in that match. There were some really scary spots there, and I I think all three of those men really trusted each other. Um, and it was just it was just a great piece of wrestling. Uh, you know, night two was we'll, we'll get onto the overall review of night two in a minute, but that main event had 
just deli- that is like, talk about WrestleMania main event. That is a WrestleMania main event, and and somehow WWE this year have accomplished to have two, you know, and it yeah. was so near on perfect. I mean, but it really fucked up because in my mind I'm going, but Roman's lost. Roman lost last month. Like, why the fuck is he winning now over Edge and Bryan? And then I thought, yeah. no, no, dickhead. He tapped out, but the match wasn't. And I thought, how it's fucking clever is that? Exactly. <laughs> it, I think overall, all all three men just were so impressive. Um, you know, all of them looked like champions that night. Oh, it was unbelievable. And I was like, well, Roman now, yeah, he's not lost since he's come back. And yeah, he's had Jay, but he's dominant. And at first, yeah. you know, gutted for gutted for Edge as well, because 10 years since he won the world title. And of course, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. But then I thought... It would, you know how sweet it would have been, especially because it was like 10 years since his retirement date. It would have been so sweet to, for him to have then won the title. But at the same time, it's like, you know, this is, this is how you build a, a, a superstar. And and Roman Reigns, like as you said about the ending, the way that he sort of dragged both men to be on on top of one another and then pinned them both at the same time, like that was such a powerful moment. Wow, it, it was an official, and I was saying, I'm going, whoa, what Roman? And then working out my head and going, well, I'm annoyed for Edge and Bryan, but like I said, they're, they're made men, they're guys that already had well titled opportunities and, and great moments. Imagine. Exactly. Imagine a chance now for Big E or Cesaro in career-defining moments against Roman Reigns and having that moment and being that guy now, you know? Exactly. Like, the momentum is there right now. Like, if they keep that with Roman Reigns and then actually continue building up one of their newer stars, you know, this could be another WrestleMania-worthy moment come come next year with Roman Reigns, like, highlighting it again with, with, you know, the likes of either Cesaro or Big E. I would love that. Well, the thing is, as well, is as much as I love McIntyre and I want him to have other title reigns, I think if he, you know, some of the talk or McIntyre goes to SmackDown to fight Reigns next year at Mania, I think the crowd's going to shit on McIntyre because it's like, no, mate, you've had your chance. Give Cesaro or Big E, you know, someone that's not yeah, yeah. that opportunity. And I, I think that could really work, you know. Yeah. But I do, I do think Edge deserves that title win at some point, you know, because like I said, he's I... flirting on 13, you know. Yeah, yeah, I do. And even if it is only for a brief while that he holds it, I just think it would just be so, it it would just be really satisfying, especially coming from a, you know, Edge fan from, you know, earlier in his career. I would just love to see him hold that belt one more time. Uh, well, it's an incredible, incredible match. What for the final match of WrestleMania out of five? Five. Yeah, I, too, will give that a five. As well, unbelievable stuff. Poll wise, uh, Daniel Bryan 25%, Roman Reigns 32%, Edge 43%. Wow, you can just tell the results of how many people really did want to see Edge win. I know, I know, and it's just like, but I do think this again, it's it's either or. I can, it's like Lashley McIntyre, I can see why they've done it. Uh, the, the positives and the negative, uh, positives of one end, positives of the other. Do you know that visual revenge for the title and all that? But now that chance of actually yeah. making another main event star, uh, it's the same with Lashley as well, cementing that run as WWE superstar, uh, WWE champion, becoming a main eventer. Uh, and that's what one fa- thing I found overall the main event, uh, overall the weekend. We we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, it was 
like I say, we'll talk about night two now, because we talked about that. So our match of the night is obviously the main event. There's no doubt about that. Uh, MVP of the night. This is a more difficult one because of obviously everything that we saw. So mm. my MVP is actually going to be three people, and it's actually going to be Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns for delivering a classic encounter, because I, I can't split between the three of them. Yeah. I mean, I think personally, I'm just going to give my MVP moment to Edge. Um, I think that this probably has been well, more, more of a a challenging match than most of the matches he's had since his return, than that being against, you know, the likes of Randy Orton. Um, because this has been something other than just like, you know, um, a one-on-one fight. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give my MVP moment to Edge because I think, you know, to think about 10 years ago, on that day that we all had to say goodbye to him and, and remembering that episode and thinking that Edge was actually taking the mick and just joking with us and actually realising the seriousness in his face and thinking he's never going to wrestle again. I just think that he deserves that MVP moment. Right. Uh, yeah. And also, it's awesome that you just said, honesty, when it came to Edge as well. <laughs> <laughs> honesty. I should have said it with more conviction. Yeah, <laughs> um score out of 10 for the uh, second night i i'm probably going to be uh well actually i ranked it higher than you did the first night of wrestlemania so god knows what you're going to score it but i've scored this one an eight and a half out of ten what are you going to give night two rating right so i actually am not going to try and be that better so i'm going to give it a 7.5 okay that that, that's fair enough um so we talk about night two as well. Uh, of course, the polls. What did everybody think of WrestleMania night two? Uh, okay, got 29%. Great was 20%. Awesome, 7%. Good, 43%. So good uh, for that one. I mean, Mrs. LA Knight said it stunk, which, uh, you know, fair play. Uh, Frankie Ray up and he said good night. Uh, night one was a thousand times better. Bray and Alexa was awesome. Roman I think that's a troll uh, because that is bullshit. We'll just choose to ignore that one. Well, that's Charlie Fighter. So go follow him on Twitter and just tell him how fucking stupid he is. Because he was going on about <laughs> the Bray, Bray White match making sense. Yeah, I'm calling your ass out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, um, please explain to us how that was brilliant because. Uh, I just saw bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Uh, anyway, what was your overall score for both nights? So both nights into one uh, WrestleMania event, about seven hours long, so to speak. What would you rank that out of 10? Um, I think out of 10, I'm going to give it an eight. And I think I'm being really nice there. Well, I'm going to give the overall both shows nine, right? Because okay. it could have been a, it could have been a classic WrestleMania. If, if the first night, right, if you take out the women's gauntlet matchup and you yeah. and, and and the only thing you change is you add the main event to night two into night one, then that is one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. True. That's very true. Um, you know, like night um, one. Also, it, people you know? would have taken off um, the Braun Strowman and Shane match. Oh, yeah. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what ends up bringing bringing the rating down for me um for night one. So like if we could like swap that onto night two and then bring 
the main event over to night one, then that is like your perfect night. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I would actually, do you know what? Surprisingly enough, I'd actually have swapped the women's turmoil match um, and would have put the, the men's SmackDown Fuego four way in there. Or even the Andre the Giant um, Memorial uh, match in, in there and replace the women's one. Because I think both of those two matches actually did really well um, to be uh, having been on SmackDown and not actually been on the main roster show, uh, uh, pay-per-view. Uh, right, so we got our scores. Uh, overall nine, uh, overall eight for you. What's the overall match at the weekend? So this is kind of straight out fight between uh, Belair and Banks, Edge uh brian and reigns i think which one you pick i'll pick the other to be fair <laughs> yeah um i i already have a feeling i know how this is gonna go um and i think this and i'm just gonna actually quickly justify my answer now before i even say it. i think this is purely more coming from a gender-based decision that i just overall think bianca versus sasha was the best match I'm going to have to change my pick. Um, I'll go for Roman, Edge and Brian then. But the thing, the triple threat was great, but we knew it was great. And the thing that the the Banks and Belair match, and this is what I've been trying to do in the podcast for so long now, is to show, give them a fucking chance. The whole point of giving women's wrestling a chance. You look at that match, how is that bad? How is anything like, you know, wrong? it's, it's, It's on point. And yes, it hasn't, Oh, the, you know, the, the the classic men's match. Yeah, but look how the women's division, look how long the, the revolution has been going along. It it, it was exactly. everything, you know? Um, it really was, and it was just super impressive. I, and it's one of those matches that I could happily, easily go back and watch over and over again and not really get bored. As I say, I watched it, like, I've watched it two or three times since, and I have not, each time I enjoy it a little bit more because it's just Banks' performance or with, you know what I mean? Or just how great Belair. There's no doubt about the main event night too was, was fantastic as well. But that is the the joy about a WrestleMania being over two nights is that you get a chance to have two great main events and it actually were this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, Monty, of course you've, uh, you've not met Monty obviously, but you, you've interacted with him on Twitter. He's the dude that does the NXT updates and the NXT takeover. He's a lovely guy. Um, Asked him what he thought of WrestleMania. He said night one was one of the most fun nights of wrestling I've had. um, Even the rain day included. Night two started with duds and didn't feel special until the main event. Uh, Can't really argue with that with Monty. No, I mean, I have to agree with Monty, although I I, I would argue that I I must say that um, the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owen match did get me more in in a more excitable mood and ready to watch the main event. So I wouldn't say that it it took the main event to get me in in an excited wrestling mood for for the uh, paper for night two. Because I'd say KO and Sammy did a great job, especially when he did that stunner to Logan Paul. I've heard about that. But, I mean, you know, Ultimate One, who does our AEW shows, has seen Monty and gone, do you know what, hold my beer. Because he's put, well, I saw the first night and I still haven't seen the whole of night two. First night was cool, with the exception of the Bad Bunny match. And night two, the stupid end of the Bray Wyatt match, but obviously not seen all of night two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, like, I should say we watch 
AEW stuff together. So, well, that's good though. I mean, it's always better. Is it is good to have um a sort of wider op- uh, point of view there. I mean, are you guys doing the um? Are you reviewing the pay per views as well for AEW? Yes, we're doing the pay per views, and at the end of this month, we'll have an AEW catch up uh, for the last time as well. Oh, okay. Well, that'd be interesting to hear his views. Yeah, uh, we we do. I do, and I hope he's not listening to this because I do. Um, put, you know, what should I say? Was the right word? I do fuck around sometimes when it's like AEW <laughs> having a house show um over WrestleMania weekend and it's going to be well AEW are, are riding the coat coattails of WWE and maybe not <laughs> saying that I I feel but it's kind of <laughs> like you've got to treat all the same it's not everything look how much look the thing is two and a half hours we've slated WWE for most things that have done today you know but we sat down yeah. and we watched the action reviewed it and there's still a love you know but yeah exactly WWE you know they're not all shit you know, it's not all great. And this is what every wrestling company. And this is the thing. If you don't like WWE, then there is an AEW. There is an NXT. There is an Impact. There is a Rev Pro. There is an NJPW. Yeah. But if you if you are in this moment, then this is what I try and do. Whether what it is is try and get as hyped as possible, and then mm-hmm. just feel terrible after being let down by the event itself. You know, <laughs> so that's that's <laughs> that's a trick. <laughs> that's the trick. Um, no, we are. Right. And that- Great outlook in life. <laughs> no, no, and we asked everybody: Should WrestleMania be night two, uh, two nights from now on? What are your thoughts? Should WrestleMania be two nights? Definitely. Um, that way we get we do get a showcase of more wrestlers, and and we do get a lot more wrestlers that are getting a lot more equal opportunity than what they probably would have done before if this had continued as a one night. So I'd like to actually see that continue and stand. Yeah, I think we're at down 64% of people think that. Right, quickly, uh, before we finish, a WWE t- uh, announced that Adnan Verk will make his debut on Monday Night Raw. Um, this is a new guy. There's a new Monday Night Raw now is Corey Graves. Verk, who worked for ESPN uh, and other right. places, has now joined alongside Byron Saxton. Um, Samoa Joe remains part of the W talent roster, which is one of the most exciting sentences that I can read right now. So what, um, are they trying to say that Samoa Joe's coming back to wrestling? Well, I'm not saying the, the statement says he's part of the W talent roster. We don't know if he's going to SmackDown or not, but the, the, that is there now. So what happens to him? A, I don't give a F. Just can we please get Samoa Joe back in the ring? Oh, I mean, no, imagine Joe confronting oh. Roman fucking Reigns on SmackDown. Oh my like. god, don't don't tease me like that, James, because that's really <laughs> exciting. How cool is that? I've yeah, you think you're the Samoa Joe, and you know how excited I was when, like, you know, the whole like the idea of Joe coming back to wrestling was happening, and then he just sat there week in week out on the commentary table. So, like, if we're getting this, this is exciting news. Very very exciting. Yep. And you'll hear ba bam 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 ba bam and you'll be like Joe's back Joe's gonna kill you. Anyway, um so yeah. we'll move on to Raw because we've got to another... hear another bedtime story by Joe. <laughs> we got a uh, quick raw, April twelfth. Would we get a Brock return? Uh, would we get anybody returning? It's the night after WrestleMania, you know, we've had Dolph Ziggler cashing in, we've had Brock Lesnar returning. Uh, what's next for Bobby? 
Well, he squashed Riddle to start off the show, uh, which was great to see, no doubt about it. Uh, Viking Raiders as well uh, looked good. Full entrance for Bobby Lashley. We we should see how many full entrances he gets on Raw. Yeah, you're going to um, tell me you watch Raw, so you're going to have to tell me how many entrances he got. Uh, Charlotte confronted Ripley uh, and Oscar. Um, well, she confronted uh, Ripley, really. Oscar was an afterthought again. Would I think the Charlotte promo was actually enjoyable. Uh, but what were your thoughts? Like, I know your history with Charlotte's not the best. Well, I mean, again, so you telling me that like she's been like really quiet and dormant over the time that uh, you know it's taken for WrestleMania to come and go, but instantly she's back and she's already pissing and moaning because she's not in the title picture. Like, ah, uh, I'm already bored of you again, Charlotte. Yeah, but at least it's like not that kind of fake of oh, uh, uh, you know, oh, uh, I'm ever we're cool, and at least it's that arrogant Charlotte of because I think that's what she really thinks, and if if I that, then I can accept the character more, you know, like the, the yeah, kind of facey Charlotte I, but, does not work. But do you know what? I would just actually respect Charlotte a lot more if I could see her in a feud that doesn't revolve around a title. Like I just need to know that like she's actually. Not that type of person that just actually will only be in a storyline if there's a title involved, because that is the rep- sort of reputation that she's getting cut or she's coming across as. And that is why I do end up rolling my eyes a lot of the time that I see her, because mo- nine times out of ten, most of her feuds involve a title and she wins that title. So it's like I want things to change up for Charlotte. I'm, I want her to give me something more than what she's got. We know that she can easily get a belt, but can she actually handle a full storyline? That doesn't involve one. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, it, that's, that's the interesting thing. Uh, Damien Priest came down to defend Bad Bunny's honour. Ended up in a two-on-one match where the A-listers' pants had come off during the fight. So, um, <laughs> Priest had lost. Uh, Maurice was involved there. It looks like maybe Miz and Morrison. Well, Miz and Morrison, I think Miz is like Teflon. I think you can, you can do a lot of shit, and I think he can recover. And I think with Maurice... I just get memories of his IC title run. What late 2016 was it when he was he started becoming that different level? Um, but Miz and Morrison hopefully breaking up soon. That'll be good, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh! Can we please like push Morrison after this? But like, can Morrison just stop doing all that stuff with his hair and just acting like the Miz because he's so much better than 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 that type of character that he's been portraying lately? And I'd like to see a a Morrison singles run soon. Well, it's no surprise as well that Bad Bunny's, you know, the big moves he took or hit were on John Morrison. It just shows you kind of great worker that he is. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah. we'll do Bray Firefly Funhouse first. Um, but Bray White doesn't seem to be sweating Alexa Bliss's betrayal, saying that he's been reborn in a new Firefly Funhouse segment. Uh, we saw Bliss earlier. We'll get onto that in a minute. Wyatt has said um, it featured all his public friends, and he said he felt good to be back with his true friends. With Avery, which happy to see Alexa gone. Uh, Bray said that I oh, will always have each other, and he felt great noting that he will return. Oh, I'm glad that explains everything, then, you know. Um, after a while, it's just we, we had the Alexa playground as well, which saw Bliss explain her action. She said she cost the fiend his match against Orton. She said she realised she never really needed Bray White's darkness to harness her own power, and she used to use everyone to a creepy doll friend, Lily. Um, to bring a story time to an end now are they both playing the same character is this just for merch 
And do we really need this at this moment in time? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Because I don't know where they're going with this, because even with this whole promo with Alexa Bliss, they, you know, it's like, where are you going with this, Alexa? Are you like going after Bray now? Like, what is what is this? This this is going from it being about Bray and the Fiend and his storyline. And they've now sort of like just kind of passed it on to Alexa Bliss. And if they're not going to keep them together, then I don't understand why Alexa is still going down this route. Uh, it's just shit, you know. It re- really is disappointing. Yeah, it just, well, the thing is, well, it's like, oh, here's a new puppet. Here's a new toy. Here's a, and you know the people, the mugs like me, will go out and buy shit, you know, for the, the fiend character where it's just, oh, let's just sell another t-shirt. Let's just sell another toy. Oh, look, we've got um um Harry the Aardvark who's mental. Right, let's put him on the Firefly Funhouse, you know. After a while, so it's a bit of a problem. Um, talk about commentators did i say w hates elias because they do um commentators we'll get onto that in a minute because the main event was adam pierce making this <laughs> a triple threat match and we talked about oh we don't want mcintyre kind of being put right back in that position and he's putting that triple threat match with randy orton and braun Strowman, making you want him to win because the other two choices are even worse possibly um the the action was on point. The ending was really well executed. Orton hit an arcade on Braun, uh, went for the cover, and then McIntyre hit the Claymore. Uh, but that wasn't it, though, as uh, T-Bar and Mace showed up and attacked Drew McIntyre. So we've had Brock, we've had Ziggler cash in. This year, we've got T-Bar and Mace. Um, to be fair, the first hour was really good, but this was awful. What are your thoughts? I, I mean, all I was thinking was, A, why are you still wearing the retribution masks and the retribution, <laughs> like, gear? Like, if you've separated from retribution and joined yourselves with the Hurt Business, they don't deal with, like, masked men. Like, they, they wear, the Hurt Business wears suits. So y'all need to stop acting like savages. It just made no sense whatsoever as to why they would leave one band to, like, go and group join another group. Do you see what it, I mean? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's uh, it's not great. Commentators-wise, uh, Verk, uh, he didn't have a Mike Adamley bad, but he did call McIntyre the Celtic warrior, not once, but twice, and then Grace corrected him. And he kept saying manoeuvre a lot, and he a little bit lost, and he didn't really know what was going on. But apart from that, he was great. Like, he was really good. <laughs> um, Smackdown, please save us. Uh, so Raw wasn't great. <laughs> but WrestleMania, um, but the thing is, we talked about McIntyre now being in the main event of the next pay-per-view, and it's been called, imagine, uh, <laughs> cleverly enough, uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, that was obviously the next time, hopefully, that you will join us. Is that okay? Yes, of course. Uh, brilliant. Uh, I think that's like May. I think we've got like five or four weeks until that point. What are your thoughts on the name WrestleMania Backlash? <laughs> I mean, I don't know really what to expect from this, especially because they're calling it WrestleMania Backlash. And I think I'm just a lot, I'm just confused because I'm like, oh, but you had, you had like a pay-per-view already. It was called Backlash. So why are you putting two pay-per-view names together? And the thing, if it's a Backlash WrestleMania, you expect it to be like a couple of weeks after, not like a month and a half. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, this is, yeah. this is the Backlash, but we wasted this long. Um, there's been a lot of jokes about are they going to call it WrestleMania SummerSlam this year just to get more, more people <laughs> buying. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's going to be it. But then again, we've had great balls of fire. We've we've had horrible titles. 
for many a year. So I suppose we shouldn't really be uh, surprised. But I mean, overall, final thoughts, everything, everything, you know, positive. Was the week worth it? Was staying up at o'clock in the morning and watching seven hours of wrestling each day worthwhile to get to this point? Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say yes, it was because I enjoyed myself. Yeah, and so like I don't know, we're 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 idiots to ourselves, but still, it was really really enjoyable. And, and another thing as well, and we not mentioned it on the podcast as much, and especially for WrestleMania, I found, and I'll try and do that for some of the major shows as well. The interaction on Twitter with everybody there, yourself included. Of course, Monty was even joining in as well um, Saturday and Sunday night. And it's a kind of real nice group feel for anybody that's really even not sure about what's going on or just wants to have a kind of laugh during it definitely uh check us out you know and how are you going to check us out well seeing as it's the end of the episode uh you can follow us on twitter at the devil podcast or i'm at the devil jr or with jacksy i mean if you plug your stuff let them know where you are yep i mean i'm it's pretty much the same i'm at jacksy scarda on both instagram and twitter you can catch me there or facebook i am rowena ferguson don't forget our follower of the week is Kirk Taylor uh, but the WNR also on Facebook and Instagram of course all the Google platforms send us an email at WNR podcast at gmail.com and YouTube the WNR podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube they do SoundCloud on your phone also Spotify and iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there so that is it uh, WNR's next Sunday Impact Hardcore Justice and the next with Jaxi will be uh, WrestleMania Backlash. But we have got the anniversary show beforehand. Uh, May 4th and May 5th will be the anniversary show. Now, this is out of the blue. Not any planning. Have you got any interest in showing up for maybe even 20 minutes on the anniversary show? Uh, well, and where, where's that? Well, like I say, weirdly, what I'm hoping to do is have everybody on the podcast all separately at first, but kind of like the, the team together. And, and I'm going to be asking you a couple of questions. I want to know where you were on the 4th of May 2015. Uh, oh, gosh. OK. I want to know the best match since May 2015. I want to know your thoughts of being on the WNR podcast and also your <laughs> thoughts on the Jericho Austin Broken Skull Sessions as well. I'll ask those four questions to to everybody that's on the show to see where they were, because May 4th, 2015 was the very first episode of the WNR podcast. Oh, wow. Oh, so you must be doing (laughs) sort of anniversary. It's your anniversary. Seven-year anniversary, like I said, May 4th. Well, I would Um, not miss this for the world. I would love to be involved in the WNR's anniversary, of course. Well, that is brilliant. Well, like I say, um, we w- I will contact you and obviously we'll sort that out. Uh, but it's been fantastic to have you on. And like I say, the time just flies by. And it's good that we've invested our time into saying it can actually talk about it afterwards as well, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. It would be nice. Uh, I have not wasted uh, 14 hours over the weekend to watch WrestleMania. We've actually got it out of our systems now. And we move on. Like I said, the next show will be uh, with Jack C., WrestleMania Backlash, but before, like I said, special WrestleMania 1. But uh, until then, I have been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jackson Scarlett. Thank you again for joining me on the WNR Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the WrestleMania show. Yes, you guys too. Yeah, no problems. Right, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. <laughs>